2: あ、僕いる
3: What's good, internet? It's October, November 5th, and... November 5th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 439. I am your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Gita Jackson.
1: Hi, what month is this? Is it? Was that a
3: glitch? Like, uh... Is there a glitch in the Matrix right now? (laughs) (laughs)
1: October, November 5th. I like that month.
3: (laughs) Sometimes... I correct one thing in the date, but sometimes I forget to delete the old thing. And... uh, (laughs) Then it's just
4: sort of like superimposed. Yeah. way, Rob just isn't ready for the spooky season to end. Yeah, well, it's October, no, baby, October. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can go to Waypoint. It'll tell you if it's still Spooktober, um, and then Rob can get his get his answers there.
2: It's
0: uh, you heard him already,
3: Patrick Klepek. and we're also joined by our producer Ricardo Contreras. I'm still uh, I'm still in spooky
4: season.
2: Yeah, I have a couple more movie movies season. to
0: to knock off the list. Like yeah. got through a decent number of them in October, but um, what's there's the underwater underwater horror uh, movie that I need to watch that uh, comes out this weekend. So oh yeah uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's supposed to be good. It's like a they they it's shot in, in, in entirely practically underwater. Oh, hell um, yeah, and it's a haunted house movie. Yeah, let me yeah that this weekend. Fucked up. That Under. sounds very fun. Just on a technical
1: level, I hate that.
0: Yes, uh, I'll find it up here as we as we go along. It's it, 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 the movie Underwater came out a year ago, and it's like, yeah, that's what you want to see, right? The movie Underwater. Like, <laughs> I, I do. That no. was a good movie.
1: Okay, so I my did brother, like my older brother, when he was a teenager, needed to ask my mom if he was allowed to see the movie Friday starring hmm. uh yeah you know and uh what ensued was a uh who's on first sketch with me in the backseat as a as a tween mom can i see the movie friday She's like yes but what movie are you seeing no the movie is called <laughs> friday <laughs> uh that Perfect. was really a conversation
3: great. just ending with everyone just furious
1: yeah <laughs>
3: yeah did she let him
1: Bye, felicia in the backseat <laughs>
2: Did, did he, he get go? to go see Friday? Oh,
1: god! Oh, yeah, he did get to go see Friday. My parents really—I saw a lot of movies that were not age-appropriate at the time that they were available. I remember as a child watching Natural Born Killers. My parents didn't really give a didn't really, <laughs> really give a fuck. Like when that movie came out, I shouldn't have been viewing it, and now I am the person that I am. So my parents really
3: fitfully tried to enforce that stuff, like. My dad saw Pulp Fiction. He was like, this movie rocks. Son, you need to see Pulp Fiction, but you're just not going to see a couple scenes. And you're going to listen to a couple lines of dialogue. But beyond that, you're going <laughs> yeah. to watch this movie with me. Yeah. And I, I was like,
5: I don't get
2: it.
3: <laughs> uh, but then, like later, uh, when a bunch of my friends of mine were like, we're going to go see Fight Club. Come on. Um, and I was like, I don't like the things I've read about this movie. I don't think you should see it. And I was like, but all my friends are going to go see it. And he was like, it sounds really questionable and in i he was wrong he should have let me yeah. go see fight club but yeah. the <laughs> of the other of the, hand, two, of the two of the two like
0: if he was throwing darts like he threw yeah. the dart at the wrong mo- the movie yeah it was, yeah, pretty it was much. in terms of like
3: age appropriate content mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but i think the the other thing the, the thing he did call correctly is all my friends were seeing it because like Tyler Durden's the best. This yeah. guy has it all figured out, man. And yeah. so my dad did save me from that experience. I watched Fight Club later when it came out on DVD by mm-hmm. myself. And I was like, Tyler Durden is the villain of this movie. And he's <laughs> yeah. scary. And I was like, and it was one of those moments of like, am I misreading this film? Because everyone has spent like six months quoting like Tyler Durden as like their new Jesus. Oh, and good. I'm like, I don't like, I feel really out of step with the reaction my friends There's are a, having. So I r- Rob. Rob the fact that Rob Zachney, like,
0: responded to the correct themes of the movie while yes. all his friends responded to the cool fucking acting and style <laughs> of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, I can't put Rob in more into a little box than, like, he just explained
5: Listen, himself right now. just,
1: he just is the man that he is. He and that's is. What he was, the,
0: that it was it then and he is it now. We're like, born we've been born on a, with a, full a steady beard. arc with okay. just more access to capital and resources ever since.
1: Two great stories about movies that we shouldn't have seen. Actually, please write in. I won't probably be on the podcast where they read these emails, but please write in with movies you shouldn't have seen when you You might seen be. We, I mean, we never it. read emails. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Damn. I, lo- I love hearing these stories. David once got grounded for seeing the movie Starfish, uh, Swordfish. You know who's mm, in that movie? Yeah. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. It's just not
0: in the movie. That was like
1: the whole appeal, right? Yeah, exactly. And he said it was worth it. Uh, and the, other, the other story I have is my older brother really wanted to watch Jurassic Park when it came out. My parents were mm-hmm. like, it sounds really violent. We don't know if we want to watch it, want you to watch it on your own. But obviously you want to see the dinosaurs, so we'll watch it with you. And if it's too inappropriate, we'll figure out what to do. They fell asleep in the opening credits. Oh, no. <laughs> like To this day, I don't know if they, either of them have actually seen Jurassic Park. Because they told me they got so panicked because they are like, we have no idea what our son watched. That uh, they watched it again the next night because they'd rented it from Blockbuster or something, and they fell asleep during the opening credits again. <laughs>
3: oh my god! I mean, he watched an accountant die. <clears throat> yeah. Um. And yeah, and an arm comes out. <laughs> an arm comes out of the darkness. Like no, it's, it's, fine, it's fine. It's fine.
1: You know, he just saw some cool dinosaurs, and I'm sure that's pretty much the only thing he retained from that at the yeah, age of was. My, you my know?
0: Th- that's is that's what my five year old retained from. Yeah. It, as we went through the Blah. same exercise of like, hey. Uh I don't think you should watch this, but I trust you. We have a we have a very open relationship about like, you know, the content she watches and she hid underneath during the first like big T-Rex sequence. And yeah. I remember telling her, Well, we can stop the movie. Like, this is not something you have to do. You're five. She was four, four, four at the time. And uh she just she said, Well, I'll just look with one eye so that I can protect myself with the other. And I was like, Okay.
1: Aww. That's oh. the cutest thing I ever. And she made it through.
0: And actually, like the thing that probably traumatized her more than anything was then she wanted to watch all the movies. And the the lost world opens with the compies, the little like tiny yeah. little uh, oh, creatures, yeah. like suckers. mauling a child to death off screen, but like yeah. implied you know. enough that the four year old picked up on like what was going on. Yeah, and I was like, it's it's like I, I, maybe that is actually a compliment to my my daughter's like uh, readings of cinema is that she yeah. was more terrified by the implied violence than like the explicit violence of yeah. the original
1: yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> God, I remember the thing I picked up. I, my parents also let me watch 12 Monkeys for some reason when I was like 10 years old. Oh, my God. That movie's fucked up. Mm. <laughs> but the thing that I picked up on it was uh, that something horrible happened in an airport and I didn't want to fly for years. <laughs> like, like, if I go to an airport, there will be a deadly virus. Now that's just true. So <laughs> who's <laughs> <Dang>. to say? <laughs> wow.
0: You wield it into existence. Uh Oh, also the, the movie I was thinking of uh, is uh, the Night House. It was uh, directed by this uh, directing duo uh, from France that did it's part of like the French New Extremity, which was like a, a, yep. a, a like a era of like the early two like mid two thousands, like really hyper violent. Uh, yeah, like uh, martyrs, horror. inside. So they did mar- yeah. yeah, martyrs. Ooh, One of my movie. favorite movies <laughs> of all time. One of the greatest endings to a horror movie of all time. Yeah. Don't watch that movie. Like you need to go through like a twelve step like we, horror program yeah. to earn the right to watch martyrs. You need oh, a lot oh,
1: of pain in a barf bag, what you fucking need, man.
0: But this, these, these folks that did Nice House, uh, <clears throat> they did Inside uh, the uh, home invasion film inside. with the pregnant woman, which is also. Not on a list of movies I like recommend to someone until I feel like they've. Uh, I read the
3: synopsis it. of that and I was like, ab- so fucking
0: no!" It, y- it's yeah, it's, it's
1: really it's a home invasion movie of your womb. You know, someone wants to go inside of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very good, it's but lo- it's, it's it's brutal. It's fantastic. not yeah, not nah, for the
3: faint of heart. No. Um, so this is like this is sort of similar how like how I stumbled into watching the original Black Christmas, and I think in my head I'd confused it with like the newer one, which is like sorority girls are gonna fuck up a serial killer. The original one is the opposite of that. Yeah. The opposite of that it's very is creepy Black Christmas, like him destroying a sorority house uh, over the course of a long night. The other thing is really weird. Is it's actually a very funny movie. It's 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 fucked up. Like it's a really good satire punctuated by like just nightmarish uh like execution scenes um and so like just real whiplash going along where it's like (laughs) damn this is really sending up like canadian uh, like canadian culture in a lot of ways (laughs) and then it's like uh time to see if both these girls can get killed in, in the next five minutes and the answer is yeah they can um but yeah uh Speaking of things from things that are old fashioned, I guess. Wow. Uh, Wow. Yeah, it works. It's (laughs) look, it's a coarse grained transition, but we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gita, you've been playing Shin Megami Tensei 5. Um,
1: Yeah.
2: Shin
3: Megami Tensei 5.
1: Shin Megami Tensei (laughs) 5. Good video game and a podcast. That's it. That's all I have to say. No. All right. Uh,
0: Patrick, uh what do uh, you have? so this what week? I've heard is it's not persona, Gita. Um, <laughs> oh, so No. Dare, could uh do, uh, do you uh, do you dare to comment?
1: So <sighs> my 5 has such a like it's such a fucking Gordian knot of lore. It's so difficult to explain what it is or what it's doing because also on top of that, I haven't even interacted with much of the story content in Shin Megami Tensei 5 because the game itself is also doing like 500,000 things mechanically that are I want what I want to describe it is as tedious. It's not tedious. I don't feel that it is tedious. I think other players may find that it is tedious. <laughs> I think, I think Kato, a lot of other Kato players may find that it is noise. tedious. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's, sometimes Kado makes a Kato uh, slightly odd like, noise when he laughs, and then this was a different one. This was yeah. like a different, like, body response.
1: No, this is Kado just doing a Guillermo standing in the back of a Nandor interview segment. <laughs> it, it's yeah. basically he's making eyebrows. <laughs> I know that I know that other players are going to find this tedious, I'll say, yeah. because I am vibing with a particular thing, a, a particular way that my ADHD brain just locks onto this kind of thing. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Shimagama Tensei is, 5 is a game about, uh, being, a, a a Twinkie non-binary high school student who he's not non-binary. I just feel like he is, but he's, um, <laughs> but merges within, he, something happens and then he wakes up and merges with an angel and it destroyed Tokyo. Um, and you learn quite quickly that Lucifer has killed God <laughs> and angels have well, set up a Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yep. To somewhere, somewhere the, you know, Nietzsche's corpse, his desecrated remains are just one single tear saluting <laughs> us. Um,
0: Press X to kill God.
1: <laughs> Basically, it's a great cutscene, I have to say. Um, but the angels and the demons are still locked in some kind of war. There's a lot of backstory that's explained to you in broad strokes, but on the the, the moment-to-moment level of drama, it's just like you're a high school student. You've merged with uh, a demon, and you're now called the Nabohino, which is a merger of of human and and demon. And you have the ability to use special powers, etc. There is obviously the monster-catching portion of this game, like the Pokemon-esque stuff. The evil Pokemon <laughs> is how I described it to David just now. Um, the demon negotiation stuff, I think, is... I I personally love. I know that lots of people will not like it. Um, I apologize and- right
4: now to everyone for what I'm about to say, but it's... it's uh- it's the Dark Souls of Pokemon. Thank you. Okay. I'm done. Okay, I'm wow, done wow. Wow. Oof. Just gonna <laughs> right. well,
1: remove you've... him from the call quickly. <laughs> we'll get someone else to edit this. Don't worry. Take the afternoon off. You gotta think about what you just said.
0: It's just a. Bu- it's just make sure the audio's up. I got it. Don't worry. I know how I know how Adobe Premiere works.
1: Yeah. You've used that program before. We all have. Mm-hmm. Um but. Yeah, it's like the the fun story stuff is super super fun and wacky and really just going for it. Like this is going for it in the same way that Shimagami Tensei Three really goes for it with its story. But by that same token, you really feel like playing it that they did the remaster of Shimagami Tensei Three right before this game came out to remind people what traditionally the Shimagami Tensei franchise is like mechanically. Mechanically, this game I just was playing it because I wanted to grind to get to uh, the next level so I could do a special demon summon. And uh, in my second random encounter, I died. (laughs) I just died to a normal enemy. That Um, that
0: reminds me of experience with Nocturne. And so, like, not – I mean, I think it it truly has to be something like that because, uh, like, Persona has just taken on such a large cultural imprint for what people think atlas does as an art even you know a game like Catherine is like far more in line yeah. with persona from a vibe from a humor from yeah. a uh what is the line between like i'm playing like a really fancy visual novel and like i'm yeah. doing moment-to-moment gameplay um whereas like the Nocturne series or the the Shin Megami uh, Tensei series is very, is like, so, I mean, yes, it has a story, but like, it is like, so like nuts and bolts, yeah. hardcore turn-based mechanical gameplay. Yeah. And there's all the other stuff going on, but like, and it's going to kick your ass. Like it is yeah. explicitly just like, we are, we are here. You need to learn what the game is doing and it's either f- for you or not. And yeah. I, I think it's going to turn it's a lot very- of people off, but also, you know, b- b- props to them for, you know, despite persona being as popular as it is, um, I don't know, like sticking to the identity of what that yeah. you know, what that series has been. It feels
1: closer in tone to, I mean, if you're going to compare it to any Persona game, it feels more like 3, where 3 was all, uh, you know, it was brightly colored and presented very cheerfully, but the themes of those games were about death and dying, and um, there were a lot of the random encounters in 3 were closer to the level of difficulty of the SMT games than 4 and 5, I would say. Four and five, you just get a lot less of those one-hit kills. Um, And there's some of those there. They did make some changes to the mechanics to make it slightly more friendly to modern players. But something I had to keep reminding myself of, for example, no autosave. And you have to manually save all the time. And you can only do it in certain places. Kato, you made a sad sound. What has happened to you because of this?
4: Oh, just, well, you know, the fucking... (laughs) What does he sound like? 30 years? Shimogara Tensei
1: just sucking the life force out of you. Kano has
0: merged with a demon (laughs) and emerged in Uh, Neo-Tokyo.
4: Kano is God still with us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you know how the Switch doesn't really say how long you've been playing a video game for? I really wish it would because... Currently, my playtime in, like, my save says uh 13 hours. It is not. It is much more than 13 oh, hours. Oh,
1: yeah. I lost, is, like, I lost, like, three hours one day. It yeah. pissed me off. Yes.
4: Absolutely. I lost two hours when I was, like, four hours in. And I was oh like... Oh, my God! If, if I was, like, trying this game casually, that would have been it for me. That yeah. would have been, like, that's just not... That's too much of my time just completely fucking gone and i think and it's i personally have a lot of problems with the, the like pacing of the story in the beginning here
1: oh um, yeah you you because... are just wandering in the desert not knowing what the fuck is happening for a no. very long time or easily like
4: Twelve hours. Twelve hours yeah. is what it says yeah. on my clock.
1: Yeah, for twelve
4: man. hours you are, and it's, and it's moving like, from sec, like section of desert to section of desert, slowly grinding up your levels, oh, but trying cool not to Sable die. It, huh?
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> another Ooh. another thing about this is like the game does not really tell you the things that are really matter to pay attention to in combat. Having played uh, Nocturne. And uh, in another life, I uh, emulated some of the earliest MS-DOS versions of this game. And, like, knowing the kinds of uh, (laughs) things that the game likes to sort of throw at you, I knew that, like, you have to just be, your demons don't level up as quickly as you, the player, do. So you just have to be fusing new demons all the time. Like, as soon as your demons are, like, two levels below where you're at, they're they're gone. Doesn't matter how much you you like them. Can you like can we yes.
0: step back and explain a little okay. bit how that process yeah. works? Like what what yeah. is what are you doing to level up? What what is demon negotiations? Because these, okay. these are okay. so yeah. wholly unique to how this fr- and maybe we went over this in Nocturne. I was there for that conversation, but I can't remember if we went over the specifics of like
1: I don't think we did. So
0: how how what you are doing moment to moment in these in these fights? Because I think it that's a lot of like the specific flavor yeah. of like what makes this game this game, and also is what's gonna like I would as I think we're alluding here, like even with Kato, someone who like I would have bet if you best be pre pod He'd, he'd be gushing over the game and instead yeah. he's uh, uh, bristling against some of it. So just yeah. like, what is what is happening moment to moment like on the, from the player's perspective?
1: So basically it is evil Pokemon. People credit Shin Megami Tensei with developing the concept of a monster-catching game in the first place, with the first mm. game. The first game, amusingly, um, it's oh. not Carl's sake, it's Stephen Hawking invents uh, a program that can summon demons uh, from the internet and they take over Tokyo. And that's where we start off. Um, most of these games have been either retellings or continuations of that first storyline. But the basic concept is you're a Japanese kid and you are capturing demons to use them to fight. Very, very similar to Pokemon. Um, But from there, rather than having the monsters evolve like they do in Pokemon, you can combine two monsters and create a new monster. Um, These sequences are like really flashy and splashy and fun to watch. And they also are the fastest way to get more powerful monsters rather than catching them. So you're truly incentivized to to fuse them rather than catch new ones. But the game does not really signal that to you
4: very yeah. well. <clears throat> Where like Pokemon so, gives each of these monsters a sort <throat> of personality that makes you want to like pick your favorites and hang on to them. This yeah. one is like, nah, these this is these are this is you, They are consumables. You yeah. need to fucking... <laughs> you need to fuse them. The, the ones that you get on early are gonna suck an hour from now. And then yeah. you're gonna have to smash them together to make a new one. Yeah. It doesn't matter you know- that it, you think this pixie looks cute. Put it into the fucking blender with the slime and make something else. <laughs> burr, burr,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sequence, the sequence for fusion in this game is very, very fun. Uh, yeah. you. There's a, a big titty lady that helps you with all your demon fusions, as it were, and she just... Disappears and turns into a giant statue, and then the navajito comes out and just dramatically plays the organ, and that's what turns demons into other demons. It's very fun. Fucking beautiful. This is this game is just gay. Like that character is the gayest thing I've ever seen in my life. He combined with another man to make another more beautiful man. (laughs) I don't know what to say. How
0: do I? I need to fuse in my life. How do I? Where is the nearest organ?
1: Just open up Grinder and you'll be able to do it right away. <laughs> uh, like, I I really love the aesthetics of this game. I love also the thematically, I'm again not very deep in the story, but it's clear that it's a response to some of the things that happened in 3 rather than 4. 4 had a very different setting. It took place sort of after the end in sort of a um, neo-feudal Japan where demon people could summon demons were like a, a neo-samurai, you know, sect. And um, it really did not get into the cyber demon stuff until much, much later in the game. Here that comes up much more quickly. And also just visually, it looks so much more like 3. We are wandering around this desert with <clears throat> destroyed buildings in the distance. And you know you can recognize parts of Tokyo, but they don't seem to be in the same place. Wouldn't surprise me if we are actually in the same exact version of Tokyo from 3, but I'll find out later. Um, but this time is clear, whereas on 3... You were aligning the demi fiend was aligning themselves with the the devils in the game. and uh, the Nabuhino clearly is on the side of the angels. And it's gonna be interesting for what to watch people figure out that the angels in the side of order is like by far the most disgusting pieces of shit in the entire smt universe. <laughs> they're horrible. <laughs> they're very scary in these games, too. The angels are all made of metal and they all have robot voices, and they terrify me
3: <laughs> like Robocop villains basically they're Robocop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're flying RoboCop. Nobody wants that. <laughs>
4: no, I mean it, it. It yeah, it plays up the whole like order versus chaos thing to the yeah. extreme with the angels of being like law abide. Like there's a there's a, a story moment where like your main character comes into conflict with a a law of the like. Oh, also the whole God thing. Sorry, mm-hmm. I have to I have to say this aside because I was about to say something that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, it like very early on tells you like hey, so, uh, the, like, Abrahamic god, uh, took over, like, and, like, suppressed all the other gods from every other world religion that exists, which all, all of these entities are real, and mm-hmm. there's the one, like, god, the Beth Bethel god. Is, is that what, the uh, god god? Who's like, the god of gods? Like, well, Beth, he, like he's, yeah,
1: he's like, he's been the god of gods, but mm, through force, not yeah. through nature. All the other it's gods like, have been
4: suppressed kind of like and a, turned like a, into a, demons. Like, that's that's what the demons are is like the yeah, other gods from other, get like,
1: that, I'm sure to get that one Hindu, like, activist author back. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. That one guy that's always sending emails. Right. Yeah. The, the, you <laughs> yes. see,
4: like, yeah, Hindi gods and, like, uh, yeah. you know, obviously, Japanese, Shinto, Buddhist, like, you know, there's things some Irish from all mythology of these mythologies, uh, yeah, pixies. You know, like you've got the like, yeah, English uh, like fae mythology in there. Like it, that's th- that is their kind of excuse for using literally every single mythological being that has ever existed on the face of the planet, which is you know fun. I guess it's like yeah, they're all real, but the Abrahamic God, the God of like law, is what they call them, and associated with uh, Bethel, uh, like the the association, the like um what's it called the the angels the, like, and shit yeah know? the angels like the, the angels organization is called bethel and you're, yeah you're you're working with a, a part of bethel that that is uh headquartered in japan um, yeah there's
1: bethel organizations uh, that's in the promo material that's like across europe and india and all this stuff right very cosmopolitan this video game <laughs>
4: yeah uh, <laughs> But like,
3: Taro I felt like you had something that like you were this was all set up to a point you it sounded like you had to get something off your chest. Oh. You've been Oh no, I mean, I was something. just
4: saying like uh the to to the point that the angels are kind of uh horrifying and stuff is the way that they um talk about law like order and chaos like ordering chaos is is always like this big dichotomy in the SMT like mm-hmm. games. Um I only ever played 4, but like I've you know lightly like looked up uh, and read a lot about the other older ones and there's this um basically an alignment system uh in the game that can affect what demons will actually uh align with you or not in like the end game but the the like order in here the like angel sect is like uh very intense like you know it's like that sort of law abiding by to the nth degree of like the letter must be Abided by perfectly, like there's no wiggle room in what law and what Mm -hmm. order is. It's like whatever we say it is is like there's no there's no give there, right? It's like order to the nth degree. Quite Um, rigid. We've all worked with Jason. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wow. (laughs) Once we had a 45 minute argument about whether or not to put "woman" or "female" in a headline. You know. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes you gotta argue that for forty five minutes, Jason. I love you.
3: <laughs> so, Kato, it sounds to me like you're bouncing off this, though.
4: I well, it's you know, just when I thought I was out, I know, bring me back in.
1: It really 12, there's something. Twelve hours
4: easily, in. Here's the thing. I yeah. yeah, I would have easily bounced off if I had if somebody had like let me borrow this or I like, go I was checking it out casually. Because it is very... Uh, it's very harsh as far as, like, checkpointing how often there are mm-hmm. save points. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no checkpointing, right? It's only yeah. hard save points. Those save points are few and far between. Um, and in most RPGs, small, random encounters will not kill you. They will them just might work be, you outright. <laughs> yeah, but in this game... You will get murked you, if you make the wrong choice, uh, yeah. if you do the wrong thing. And we should explain part of the battle system, which is actually really interesting. And I, I okay. really enjoy part it's, like the battle system where... It's
1: basically press turn from Nocturne, right? Right. Where if you get, um if you hit a re- uh, a weakness or you if you critical hit, you will get an additional action to take that turn. And it yeah. goes in the order of your party. Um, and if you hit a resistance or if your damage is blocked or if you miss, you have one action taken away. I think actually if you miss, two. you have two, act- yeah. two actions two. taken away. Ooh. So like if, I, yeah. if you
4: have – and actions depend on how many uh, people you have in your party. You should always have four, but sometimes one of them dies, which means then you mm-hmm. only have three, um, for example. But then like, yeah, if you miss or if it gets resisted – if you like hit with an element that is resisted by that enemy – you lose two of your action points for that turn. It can Um, really fuck
1: up your day, man. (laughs)
4: Absolutely. Absolutely fucked up my day multiple times. Also, (laughs) the important thing to note about this is that you don't have information when you first meet uh, any of these uh, demons as to what their weaknesses or resistances are. Right? There's always this this game of like, all right, I'm going to try a few things out and see what bounces or what doesn't. In general... unless,
1: unless a demon is in your party... You right. don't know what the resistance are. And if you, you can, it's not like Pokemon where you can reasonably guess, you know, Pokemon, you see a guy who's made out of leaves, you're going to hit him with a fire attack. Right. In this game, you see a bird man with abs and a, the head of a bird. And you're like, I I don't you're know. It, <laughs> it could be anything.
4: <laughs> Like, yeah, it could be literally what I think it's holy. I think it might be holy, actually. I'm yeah, remembering no, no. correctly. Andres uh, and Zio, I just
1: beat them. Sorry, <laughs> like,
3: yes. but wait. So if you, but if you get that wrong,
1: yeah, you, you might you just have the be potentiality fucked. to be just completely fucked. Like, yeah, type you won't even have a chance
3: to be like the type right matchup, away!
1: Yeah, no, the type matchups here. They matter so much in that if you get the computer exploiting your type weaknesses, you are just stun locked into failure. It you right. it is imperative to know what your resistances are and to know what you're yeah, vulnerable yeah. to and to not be hit by those attacks. And when it happens by accident, when you're just trying to understand what type of enemy this is, you can just die in that fight.
4: Yep, and you probably will. And it's like, um, it's like, um, it's important to note that. The same thing, yeah. The same thing goes for enemies. It's like if they crit on you, they get extra fucking turns. Yeah. So you can't even yeah. reliably expect a certain amount of like, okay, they only have two attacks. They're like, they, can they can get just up randomly to crit. yeah. If they could just randomly crit, or if they randomly hit one of your weaknesses because you didn't know that they they have that kind of attack. Yeah. Um. So and like, the worst one of the thing is D and
3: D. Yeah, go on.
4: Well, the worst thing is that like. This this will happen like there's one thing to like make this sort of thing like very important with bosses, but it's important to like every single fight, which is yeah neat in a way until it fucks you up and you've been wandering around a city for like two hours and you're like wow look at all these little I'm finding these little crevices where little I can talk to some oh, of these the, people That's the minams
2: yeah love or those. like I'm finding
4: these, these little these little guys that you find that uh, oh, give man. you a uh, upgrade points yeah yeah skill, yeah, yeah. Like, basically like upgrade points passive, passive skill points um, the little me Mans, they're great.
1: I love I love the me
4: Mans. S- I've spent so much time out here find tracking all these down and searching every nook and cranny of this space. Oh shit, look at this random guy. Oh fuck, oh, some this of random them fly guy fly
1: also and then could oh, come oh. from above and you don't even know what's hitting you. <sighs> which just that feels that feels cheap. It's For it's me, really just,
4: yeah. It feels the, like the space between them is so big at a certain yeah. point where it's like I I was scared from at a certain point to to explore too far right yeah like I was absolutely. literally p- pushed into like being careful in a way that wasn't really that fun it was like
1: yeah th- and yeah like, I've had experiences like that too in this game where I end up going to a lower leveled area to grind just because I'm like fuck like I can't do anything you know I'm just gonna sit here and put everything on auto battle and just wait until I hit a new level and that's not fun that's not fun at all I feel like
4: part of it for me too is that like I wasn't getting anything after hitting the next like years like I said 12 hours before I feel like I got to the first really big story moment there's like kind of Pretty quick intro. You're like you're a a, a teenager at the school. People have said that there's rumors that demons are appearing under this bridge. You go under the bridge and they're teleported to this land. And then for the <clears> next <throat> twelve Wait, hours. Your dumbass
3: kid just went looking for demons?
1: Uh, yeah
4: basically like yeah, essentially
1: yeah, yeah. I, when I was saying you were People a kid and then you fall asleep yeah. and you wake up and it's 20 years later that was not a lot that's yeah. exactly well, yeah, the story saying. I, I thought not there even. was like a,
0: a mass sort of like sleep spell cast no. by the guy no. this is like some dumb ass is like <laughs> I'm gonna fuck around, around. And he <laughs> <found out.
4: laughs> now I'm stuck in this grind yeah, yeah. and yeah. then like if, if like I don't know even like two hours in there's like another cutscene of like Oh, like here's a little hint at what's going on, but no, it's like twelve hours of like a grueling introduction to this battle system, where like the slightest mm-hmm. slip up will cost you hours of time if you didn't mm-hmm. happen to save, right? And like the game really is like fucking like if the game over thing.
1: screen like might as well just say go fuck yourself sometimes, it, it, man. It <laughs> kicks <laughs> you to the main menu. It kicks menu. you to the main <laughs>
4: menu. And you
1: just have to load yeah. your
4: last save.
1: This There's is no checkpoint.
3: This would go
2: <laughs>
1: okay. I thought, I thought, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was just playing it. And I was like, "Shit, I fucking love this. Why do I like it?" I'm trying to. I I was. That's be my question, yeah, Gita. yeah, I was
3: like, "Okay, so the person I expected to love the Dark Souls of Pokemon is not happy." <laughs>
1: no, because it's an and insane game. You hold are
3: like, on. <laughs> hold on, I just, though.
1: Cause you you're still playing. You play a little bit more than I have actually. Yeah, but Kato does this. Yeah. We've
0: had a talk like a Bravely Default 2, I think, was one where like as a group we had to be like, Kato. Stop. <laughs> like you talk
2: for 15 yeah. minutes
4: yeah. about how miserable you are. <coughs> stop. I like, hit it's okay. I hit I hit the next like level essentially, if you wanna call it that. Mm-hmm. And shit is interesting again, and I'm like, where has right. this game been for well, the last like twelve, 12 hours? So, no. more of no. a scene it's, and now like more, well, I got twenty hours that. in me. It's more than that. You're getting a lot, yes. and like it feels like a regular video game where people are talking and there's things to interact with that isn't just fight after fight after fight after fight with like no narrative connected tissue really right yeah like
1: (laughs) the thing i'm holding on for is that i know every single one of these games has had incredible fucking very dense writing and the battle system for me i feel like it's a mistake to front load a lot of the things that they do front load uh, although they do make some changes to make it easier like uh, the the hama and mudo attacks dark and light attacks those were 100% guaranteed instant kills i think in every single other smt game if they hit Jesus this one they still do damage but they only instant kill sometimes so just sometimes. thank you for yeah. that. just sometimes <laughs> um so they're they're useful and, and sort of, I used to never use Mudo and Hama attacks because they either, they hit like 10% of the time and that 10% of the time, the instant kill is great, but the rest of the 99, 90% of the time, I want an attack yeah. that does any damage at all. Right. Um, <laughs> so there's that. In this that. one, they're and treated
4: like just like any other element. They're a new element into the pool, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's some improvement. There's an auto heal function for outside of battle, so you don't have to go to the menu every single time you're out of battle to check who needs healing and who ah. needs what. Status effects also go away after battles now, which is fantastic. I don't have to worry yeah. about unpoisoning or unconfusing my guys. Uh, that stuff is great. But when I am locked into a boss fight, I, there is something about this battle system that I find very compelling because unlike other there might be issue with Pokemon, which is the closest game I can think of, really, to compare this to, is that at the end of the day, it's rock, paper, scissors. And as much as I love my guys, it's rock, paper, scissors. And if you have overleveled your guys, um, you will be guaranteed to win. You just are. <laughs> Here, the level of strategy is so intense that I have to, like... It feels like doing a really good D and D combat encounter where you've just leveled up all your skills, you prepared the right spells. You really are thinking creatively about how to make your strategy work. You're digging and deep in that toolbox. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really engaging that aspect of my brain. Uh, I just ate shit in a boss fight and. I got excited thinking about my approach next time like oh I brought exactly yeah. the wrong team. I got to go and try a new team and like test it out first and then I'm going to beat the shit out of this this snake lady. Um and, and like were- that stuff is very fun.
4: It's great for bosses because it also warns you about bosses specifically, which is very nice of the game. I can go save and then immediately go through it, and even if I'm going to take a couple attempts because I don't know the weaknesses. It feels Mm -hmm. like every first run at a boss is absolutely just, I'm gaining as much info as I can. Yeah. Um, And that part is okay, but it feels kind of like... There are random encounters in the game that also w- I would love a heads up
1: for. Basically, yeah, the you know, data or whatever that guy is. Fuck that guy. He can suck shit. Oh, yeah. I hate him. God, oh. I hate that guy so, so much.
3: Listeners, Uh, I think you've heard the cautionary tale of the teenager who heard about the demons and went looking for demons <laughs> and got fucked up and ended up trapped in the demon realm. Maybe consider that parable, as it were. As you regard your decision to involve yourself with Shin Megami Tensei five based on what you've heard here. Um, <gasps> We're going to have check in next week. It sounds to me like
4: it's going
1: to have to It's fucked up. The other thing I really love about this game, vibes are immaculate. I don't know about you, but the fucking new metal soundtrack whips. Oh yeah. Oh, every very time you songs. get to the, the battle song where there's just this guy muttering into a mic with like a lot of fuzz in it, just like, <laughs> that's exactly what it sounds like. There's like a fuzz, a lot of fuzz and echo. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> like, you don't even have to write lyrics to this. It's great. There's well,
0: if you're, if it's a JRPG, you need the music to loop appropriately yeah. so yeah. that you don't get tired of it. And so <laughs> that works to its advantage. Yeah, absolutely. No,
1: it's, it's, you know, it, feels, the design-wise, the monsters feel... I mean, the first boss you'll face is Hydra, which really just is a bag of dicks. So <laughs> they're really, you know, truly hitting the aesthetic hallmarks marks of the SMT franchise. Yeah. It feels like a throwback to Atlas's past, and like they're trying to honor their past as like a little bit more of an edgy game designer. Because Persona, that series, and Catherine, they're a fluffier you know, in their approach and presentation to the player. Here, it's all really, really, like, really appealingly, all of the characters look like they're molded out of clay. Like, it's a very specific aesthetic that is meant to remind you of an upgraded version of a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3 game, and I very mm-hmm. much appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like. Even the menu design there's like a, a little sort of like it feels very 90s grungy when you have something highlighted the outline of the of the thing you've highlighted sort of rotates <clears throat> very slightly in the way that 90s gru- like that grungy effect used to be all over like <laughs> magazine covers and shit. It feels really nice. It's um I appreciate the thoughtfulness of its design.
4: I feel like I wish every time I entered and exited menus it wouldn't take like a a, an eon there's weird things about like the i wish
1: you could access your map from the menu instead of having to press a different button button for the map (laughs) yeah so annoying
4: (laughs) there's lots of weird little things like that too just like this feels like we're both a making some weird design choices but also be struggling a bit against the switch as a hardware thing i feel like every time i hit yeah the, like menu button, which is like I'm spending a lot of time in those menus. You know, yeah, like man. I'm I want to be it, able to kind of move around them a little easier. It um, feels but, like it
1: takes a really long time to load up the menu, and I don't know if that's a game design thing or just like how the Switch is handling. Oh, yeah, the it software, has that weird you know? effect,
4: but and it, and it feels like it's just like loading in. Here we mm-hmm. go. Okay, now I'm in.
1: <laughs> always hitting the menu button and meaning to hit the map button, so it's yeah. quite irritating. <laughs>
4: um, but yeah, the I think. I know I kind of did this with bravely default, but this one has actually opened up in a in an interesting yeah. way. I like literally the last time no, bravely look, default hold too. On. No, look. I did bravely default was bad. literally it never this got is better. not where you were at it the
2: start of the
3: conversation. <laughs> this is like I feel like I'm in a th- group therapy or
2: no.
0: something. We're like Kato, <laughs> let's I'm listen I'm I'm what you I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm
3: good. No, I get I got the message. No,
0: this one uh, this one's different.
4: It's entirely
1: possible he can that can stop at any time.
4: Yeah, it's entirely possible that after this point, like there will be another dry spell, and I will finally be like, no. But if it stays at the pace that it currently is, that I've that it's had for the last two hours of my. Thirteen hour playtime, then we're we're golden. <laughs> honestly, well, I at least like, have
1: the excuse of already having hyper fixated on this series and having brain disease that makes it very easy to continue hyper fixate on this. Well, but that's I'm, the thing.
0: Like, I it's it, I think it's interesting. Like some months back, Austin, I, I don't think he ended up finishing the game, but got really into during bed playing the most recent Dragon Quest game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does not have a particularly like intense battle system. Like that one is 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 you know, I don't know, a pushover is the right word, but it's it's the opposite of this. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. JRPG's combat is on a spectrum, like you know, Dragon Quest is on is on the other side. And but sometimes like, like different grinds work for people in different ways. Like I think like grind as a broader concept is usually like pretty toxic and just used as padding. But it is not necessarily the case that in every situation in which grind Is incorporated into a game is necessarily used in that way, Um, and sometimes sometimes it can line up with your brain like it does with you, and other times it's it's just I don't know. It's just pleasurable to do a certain thing and solve a certain puzzle like over and over again in the same way that um, I don't know, like Sudoku. Like, doom scrolling, right? Or, like, using your phone is mm-hmm. just functionally the same thing. It's like, yes. well, I've got, yes. like, the, yes. the, I've got the, the bulls are on and they're down 15. I need to wait for the rally. Like, I pull mm-hmm. my phone out and, like, I don't know, check yeah. Twitter again. Like, that's not useful. Like, is that any worse than, like, I don't know, banging my head against, like, a series of battles in yeah. this game for the equivalent, like, 25 minutes? Like, not really if, like, that makes you happy and enjoy that Rubik's Cube. Um, yeah, the- you know,
1: I pulled this game out while David uh, was watching the Dodgers uh, in the playoffs. And right. because we were uh, using not using legal means to watch the Dodgers, it, we didn't have any commercials. We had long stretches of silence. And you know what? It's easy enough to just go through, just grind a little bit while, <laughs> while we're just waiting to a couple minutes for the game to come back. I do this also with Cook, Serve Delicious 3, it, it's a, so much healthier for my brain to uh, lose at a video game instead of getting angry at strangers online.
3: Well, now, now you can get angry at
4: uh, cheap God. random encounters. <laughs> totally. uh, instead. And God. Yeah. 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 Oh, Also, to be clear, I keep saying random encounters, but that means a specific thing in RPGs. Random as in they're just like whatever throwaway enemies in the world. Yeah, yeah. They're still physically in the world and you can kind of avoid them by running, like running your you character around them. You can run pretty them. fast yeah
1: <laughs> but and you can kind of get around that some of the character models are just too big like but like, um yeah
4: in theory you you should be fighting everyone on the way between save points because otherwise you will be f- horribly underleveled by the time you get to the next save point and yep. eat shit like i did <laughs> so just don't do that
1: <laughs> so just yeah
4: a, just yeah. a banquet
3: table of all my favorite jrpg uh conventions uh <laughs> laid out
1: esoteric story difficult tedious battles uh not getting any information about that story until 10 no. hours into the game 10 yeah. hours until you get your next plot point. I love Atlas <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what
4: I think really the tedium has to be put on the amount of battles and like yeah. kind of because each individual battle I think is fun, right like that is what yes. that is what what they've kind of like really pinned down, but it feels like, there's and then you look stuff. at how
1: much EXP you get from a battle. it us say There's 300, and I'm there. not even watching that bar, the bar move doesn't at
4: move. all. They're just, they're just, it doesn't just, <laughs> it just <laughs> stay still. It's not real that the bar isn't going so,
1: up. So, <laughs> like, I th- think closer to Persona and how Persona functions, they've added quests to this game, and the quests, if you complete them, do give you a lot more HP. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But the quests are few and far between, and the quests are also really hard. I tried to complete a quest yesterday, and I lost an hour of gameplay. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's fun.
3: Yeah. Well, there's that too. (laughs) (laughs) Showing how he's on say five. It's not as bad as we first made out. You could also <laughs> lose progress this way.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sitting here, like, obsessing over Footage of Meldon Ring, and it's like a lot of that doesn't sound too much different than yeah. what I subject myself to in those games. Anyway. Yeah,
1: you know, it is... Uh, I'd love to see if you to ever take a stab at this, Patrick, because the satisfying nature of the boss fights, mechanically, might light something up in your brain. See, I
0: think, I think the problem I would have is... I bet I would like the game in microcosm, but not, yeah. not in macro, which is yeah, like, yeah. like, like I, I I bet, I I think you're right. Like if I, we sat down and like, you show me the the puzzle, like the the fights and we worked through them. I'd yeah. like that part. It's the, it's the grind that's associated yeah. with part of it. It's because it's a trope of the genre, part of it, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot of reasons this stuff exists and continue to exist in this specific subgenre, uh, uh, particularly. I think yeah. that's the part where it's like, I just don't have time for it. So like, if I can just get to that stuff, quicker but that's also like not what the audience is asking yeah. And also that's what like games like persona and like there's lots of games that like kind of play in similar space like those they exist they exist elsewhere there are games for everyone yeah uh, at this point and it's like but if you want this thing i don't know like that's okay like i made made so much peace with you know, the games i cannot play i'm glad that like this is like staying true to its like core <laughs> identity which is a giant middle finger yeah um, yeah exactly
2: <laughs> Like, I just get,
0: I get strong, uh, fuck it, uh, shit, what was the, who's the, the, the first boss in, in Nocturne that kicks everyone's ass, the, um, oh. uh, we talked about it, uh, it's the skeleton guy.
4: Oh, like yeah, Matador.
0: Matador, yeah, like, yeah. everything you described is just like, yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's why I stopped playing, like, Nocturne, I was like, got to the Matador and went, cool, you mm-hmm. have, you have called my bluff video game, <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 fold my cards, and, uh, where's Chrono Trigger?
1: It really is like when the second gargoyle deep comes out in the, that <laughs> yeah. boss yes. fight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that, I mean, that's a make or break moment. Like that yeah. first the first ring of the bell in, in Dark Souls is, is like, hey, all right. Like you could have just kind of fumbled your way this far. Like if you can do this, then like you can beat the game. Like, you know, yeah. You've, yeah. you've got the tools and you and you like it. If you can survive and enjoy the gargoyle fight you can you can survive and enjoy the rest of, of yeah. what Dark Souls has talked. Yeah. And I think it sounds like it sounds like this game in particular front loads. Here's a question. Yeah.
4: If you were
0: interested like you, you all the caveats that Rob has, has laid out with this game and that your discussion. I didn't has lay any out. out. I, <laughs> I am just them Well you set up, up this discussion. Heard. You set you 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 coordinated this podcast. But if you were to try one and maybe like would this be the one Would like, would you go back to Nocturne? Like if you're curious, if, like if you're Sh- 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 again, my tense I'm curious, like, is this the, is this the one you'd even recommend? Or would you point people towards something else to sort of like dip their toe in? Cause I think, doesn't Nocturne have more kind of like, it's not like quite accessibility <laughs> options, but mm-hmm. like more difficulty sliders. Like, would that be a better entry so, way to figure out if you even like the puzzle box that these, this series plays with?
1: I'm playing on normal. There is a lower difficulty for people mm-hmm. who just There's want experience easy, to experience a yeah. story. Yeah, I feel like this has the most, um, it's going to feel the most comfortable to play if you've never played an older Japanese RPG, uh, especially in terms of how the menus work and all that stuff. I think 3 just has a little bit too much of nested menu hell. To, like, you were going <laughs> to spend a lot of time in those menus. Four, I honestly think, is the best version of doling out this story. Yeah, but it's for the the, the 3DS, so I don't know where you're going right. to get that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, <wouldn't>, it seems
0: <laughs> inevitable they'll remake it. Like, right? Yeah, I like that seems so. Like something I would
1: love to in replay the
4: next ten years. Yeah, I didn't. I only got like halfway through that thing because it's still a long ass yeah. RPG. But I still Same. like it felt better paced in general and like it felt like i knew kind of more of what the stakes were other than just keep going until something happens keep going keep going keep going just just something will happen eventually
1: (laughs) yeah you could have told me this entire game took place in this endless desert and i would not there was like
4: there was a a moment like no indication it's not true (laughs) there was a moment like eight hours in where i was like is this the only map is this am I ever leaving this
1: place? Because when you can use save points to travel between them yeah. and before you can you select them, it's like first you have to select the map. And the only map I've seen for like ten hours is Netherworld. And it's yep. like, why make me select it if there's no other map? Game there's of no other map.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think eventually there will be more map, but
1: Yeah. Oh, Thank you for listening God. to Gita and Kado's screaming hour.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> People get what they deserve. Uh, people are like hey i heard there's demons under here i'm gonna go fuck with them oh thanks dad was just calling to see if you could help uh as as rob as rob hangs up the phone and says you can walk home now now that we've heard all about that grating unproductive punishing grind (laughs) we can in the next half of the show Discuss good, rewarding, satisfying grind that doesn't just leech hours of your life away into nothingness, but instead pays off with countless rewards and prizes. That's true. What? Lots of spins of a lots of spins of a wheel. Um Shh.
0: Is, a good wheel.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: this is the wheel that you like. This hey, is, as we an, found it. We found the good wheel. Oh god. Uh as an aside before you take this break. Because I feel like people will be shouting at the podcast at this point. Is um, so, why have we not talked about the fifteen minutes of glorious Elden Ring footage that, that oh, came out yeah. um, the morning of this? Kind of, week? Uh, okay. So I said I was going to bring this up. We can do one of two things: we could have a second discussion. But what happened? <laughs> what happened this morning was the footage came out. Uh, I uh, DM'd Austin. And just immediately started going on a rant, and then he started going on a rant. And he was like, "I have fifteen minutes. You can I just call you?" And then we, we <laughs> called each other and we recorded it. Um, and so uh-huh. that will that could go at the end of the podcast. But we could, if kind of, if you have things you need to get off your chest about it, we could do we could do a separate. The people will oh, not God. complain about too much. Elder too Rings. Much so much save,
4: ring. <laughs> so
0: at the end, yeah. we'll save a little bonus segment. You can bring up a couple points. But I want to just tease that ahead of time. Yeah. Like Austin, I did a little. He get he saying, "Well, I'm two I'll minutes late. late. I'm two minutes late for a meeting now. But Hold I have on. one last point I want to make, Hold and on. then we we'll just make, and then we we'll make that point. So wait for that at the end of the podcast, and then we'll we'll tease into that with uh, with Cato and I talking a bit about that that footage.
3: All right, Rob, you can you can take a break now. <laughs> no, I figured that was a good place to just have it go into a break.
4: Mm-hmm. That's all.
3: Cato cut this part out.
4: No, that's all. Saying. <laughs>
3: Okay, so I have been playing. I think, Patrick, you have, too. Yeah, surprising amount. uh, Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, so the Horizon Festival has left Scotland behind, and it's gone to Mexico, and uh, there's just a ton of things to do there. There's a million and a half cars. Uh, I'm only, like, a few hours in, but so far, like, I'm at once torn between the reaction of, like, yep, it's more Forza Horizon, and also... But they've gotten really good at making Forza Horizon. Hmm. I, I've not played a single one of these. I don't.
0: I, I was trying to think of this last night. What is the last arcade racing game that I have played for some substantial period of time? It's pro. It's probably Burnout Paradise, a game that I didn't like quite as much as like all of my like colleagues did. I totally recognized what it was doing. It just didn't grab me in the same way. And it probably is then like Burnout Three, right? Like, um, like, like I got, like, got really one. You mean? Yeah, well, like, I got super into the puzzle, the crash mode, right? Yeah. Like, that... Yes! Like,
4: burnout racing was is, the best Burnout! Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, I played lots of racing games when I was a, a kid, you know, like, very into Mario Kart and Ridge Racer and things like that. But then, like, racing games went off in a couple different directions. Like, one was, like, the Gran Turismo, uh, like, like sim side, and... Mm-hmm. Look, I did those license things when I was a kid because it was, like, something <laughs> to do. But, like, the, the, the sim stuff just doesn't do anything for me. Cars are not, like, at all my thing. And then like pure arcadey racing games kind of took a category for sort of like pinballs. Like, yeah, the high score doesn't really do a lot for me. And there aren't a lot of like story-based racing games. That's just not really where that, like that genre drop drops into. So I don't know, but like I kept watching the trailers for this new one. It looked so incredible. And I thought, well, everyone keeps saying this team playground, like has gotten so good at making these mm-hmm. like this, like setting in Mexico looks Fantastic! Like maybe I'll I'll take a dive in um and and see what, what they've done with it. And I I got it a bit like f- four or five hours in. Like I kept I was like I'll just play an hour so I can do some banter with Rob. And then it was like two and a half hours later and I was <laughs> like was still playing. Like now does this game look absolutely incredible. We we can touch on that. Like I I, can, I cannot emphasize enough how good this game looks. It is it is this is a this is a fun ass video game, Rob. It is wow. Like this is slick and polished. And just like ah I, I i quite like it i'm I'm very taken in a way that I am shocked to the degree that i am I am taken by it so far,
3: yeah, thing I am working through is I was sort of alluding to this uh you know before the break, which is that like if you put a lot of what this game is doing in the abstract, I would be pretty certain that I would not like it as much as I do because this is a game where number go up constantly, and by the way. <laughs> It's not number go up. Numbers go up. They have different contexts. I have. Different Rob, I have. I need to get on a call with you and screen share
0: <laughs> this game because I don't actually know how the numbers. This game, I think, presumes you have been here before uh, and you have played one of these games. Hmm. I have not, <laughs> and so I don't really know like race to race. Other than you can, cars are like common and rare and epic, and there are like that also barely matters. Uh, great. So, but they, they, at least when you get to a race, it'll say, hey, these are the cars we recommend for the race and the type of terrain you're in. And like this will, you know, just pick one and like you'll 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 probably be okay. Uh, but, but there are like numbers in the corner. There's like A700, uh, B650. It's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. And there's no, usually in these games, like click a button and like mouse over the stat will explain what it does. Nothing. None of that is here. And so I'm just blindly picking cars. But again, it's so arcadey that, i have found at least in i don't know the four or five hours that i've played very rarely do i feel like i've been led astray by whatever the game gives me as the default and i haven't had to mess with like advanced settings maybe that changes as, like as you go along further into the game or if you want to get three stars instead of two stars and like really maximize out an objective but it does it doesn't really i don't know how the numbers go up in the i know I'm so leveling what you're up,
4: saying rob what i'm I don't hearing know why. What I'm yeah. hearing is that it's a looter racer, a laser. Is it is it yeah so how much does the loot matter? <laughs> like so you're as
0: you're leveling up so there are two levelings up. There's there's skills that you're like oh, come as you do cool shit like yeah. drifting, you get skill points. Those go into a skill point pool that you can use on each individual car to like say hey, if you, like, bump into something, like, your skills won't, your skill chain won't break, and, like, it'll last longer, stuff like that. And then there are levels up, which you're getting experience points for, that are leveling up your overall player. And then there are CR, which is car points, which is m- a currency you're using, you're earning to, like, this fast across the map. This is just destiny with
4: cars. You're explaining <laughs> destiny with cars. This may be true, Rob. Rob, you can,
0: you can legislate this better than I can. Like, I'm just explaining <laughs> what the numbers I'm seeing, how I'm trying to understand, understand them and realizing the game
3: i need to watch like a video when this game comes out in early access hold on patrick you may have left out the fact that since you last played uh because the game is now launched uh the forza the horizon festival uh seasons are now live and Mm. active oh
4: yeah there you go and so
3: yeah and so of (laughs) course every season has like a bunch of quests you can do with your cars, plus your daily check-in quests. And you do enough <laughs> of those, you grind enough of those, you are given a little crumb of festival points. Here, have a have a single. Here's you you spent twelve hours of your life doing shit in a car. Uh, here, have a Horizon Festival point. <laughs> but you can use that to buy things that are only available for a limited time through the Horizon Festival shop. So okay. of course you have to. Like right. what? Uh, like the, uh, Acura NSX, uh, for instance, uh, okay, so I guess you this, buy this is... anime liveries? Uh, not as many yet, damn. but damn, <laughs> but I give guess, time, but... Kato.
0: Yeah. Like this is, I mean, these are all service <laughs> games on some level, like yeah. they
3: will find, they yeah. will service you at some point. Uh, <laughs> Donnie uh... Darko is killing <laughs> people in Call of Duty with an airplane engine. So like, I mean, well, the anime livery fuck? will be there. You haven't seen that? That's what the kill is in uh, the, the the Donnie Darko
0: Warzone update or whatever that <laughs> that, that dropped. <drop-down laughs> it's it's actually great. What? Like it's very funny. It's it's if you are going to do it, it's that's oh, like the way wow. to do it. Um, but so how much does any of that shit matter, Rob? Or how much is the, <sighs> is that just cosmetic dressing on top of like here is just a bunch of cool and pretty races? Like I, that's what I can't tell. Five hours in is like. I see a lot of numbers and I see a lot of pretty like, you know, uh, charts moving around, but mostly what I'm getting enjoyment out of is like dropped into a race. I follow the the pretty blue line and when it turns red, I, I break and I drift and I turn that red line blue. And then event occasionally I get to do these like event ones where it's like, I'm racing down a volcano on a buggy and that shit looks and feels really cool. I guess I, I'm having trouble with like grasping the, like those parts of it. Yeah. Like how much do the bells and whistles around this? Are they just bells and whistles
3: or are they? So here's like the thing really I think they've done horror. really smartly. Okay. Is that on the one hand, like none of this really does matter. Like, I mean, it's not like you're having a worse time for not grinding rally events, for instance. Right. right. Like it's 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 not like, oh, because I wasn't doing jumps uh, or I don't have or, or, like – uh, festival points. I can't get the car I need. You don't need anything, really. Like, there's much more. That's, like the, you
0: that's want. more the car collector mentality, right? Like, because there is a whole like bit at some point where they're like, I got pulled into a menu. It's like, hey, you know, you do have a handful of cars from this one manufacturer. But you know, what would be cool if you had all the cars from this manufacturer. And I like clicked B. I was like, nope. Like, I'm good. Like, that <laughs> shit doesn't work on me, game. Sorry, um, but. Uh, I guess that's what I was trying to figure out the tension between is like how much of this is just appealing to the like almost a, like more traditional Forza, like uh, motorsports and like Gran Turismo set of like, hey, like having all the cars, like you're into cars. like I mean, when we, when we first talked about this game, uh, you, you should just elaborate on this point. Just repeat it. But we were talking about like the way braking works with uh, oh, electric God. cars. OK. One, I'm curious if you got an answer to that. And B... I think it does. I, I think maybe some of this stuff is speaking to that type of person, which which you are, and I am not.
3: So the thing Patrick is alluding to is, I saw that in this game they have the Porsche uh, Taycan, which is the electric Porsche, and I was like, I'm curious what like an electric car feels like in these games because they just haven't been super like there are not many like performance electric cars until like the last year or two, right? Um And so, like, now they're starting to make their way into these games. And I am certain that the next time they do a Forza Horizon, like, there's going to be a ton of electric cars because that's just the way things are going. Um, So it's like, one, how do you make it exciting and, and cool? And two, like, just how does it feel? And the take is weird. Uh, first of all, like, as you'd expect, the sound effects are like it, it has an electric engine. So it just sort of winds uh, as, as you sort of trundle along. Um, it also does correctly model the fact that the Taycan has a two-speed transmission, which is unusual for an electric car. Uh, the Taycan has some sort of like faux turbo model that has like a two-speed electric transmission that I've heard like is more of a gimmick than it's functional because uh, electric uh, powertrains don't really need it. But it's there; it's there in the game. Like that is a real thing about this car. The thing I couldn't come to grips with is um, the brakes felt real mushy. Like the car just didn't have good like stopping ability as far as I could tell. And the thing I was wondering is if they want like if there's a chance they took a really coarse approach to this, which is that they only modeled the brakes that the Taycan has, uh, because in an electric car, that's not the only thing that's happening. When you break an electric car. Uh, yeah. You do have your traditional uh, like uh, disc brakes that you have in, in modern cars. But the other thing they use to slow down the car is the energy recovery system uh, in an electric car so that, like, all that spent energy gets wound back into the battery, and that contributes to the braking effect and the slowing of the car. And I'm like, I'm not sure they got that second half of the equation in, in the model for this car because, like, every single time I go to brake in this thing, I end up overshooting the mark in a way, like, that is very predictable and familiar, which is just that, like – if I'm playing in a, like a racing sim, I would just say my front brakes are gone, like that's how it would feel, or like your front tires are like completely spent. Um, so I, I do kind of wonder like if there's something up with that model. Um, but it's but it's there. It's cool, and I, I do think if this is a game where it's funny, like Patrick, the, the default handling is very arcadey. You can turn off, like you can go to simulation mode and make them handle a lot more like. Um it's not quite like f- fully turning into Forza Motorsport 7 uh when you activate all the sim options and i don't think the car models are quite as detailed uh for the most part which makes sense because there's a million cars in here um but they do handle much more convincingly in that way and become like kind of satisfying to drive as like distinct uh, like different cars that you can be whipping around tracks and they start paying off the skills you learn playing Sims. Mm-hmm. But flipping- right now it feels largely like
0: a, uh, it's not going to pallet swap, but mostly it's like, you're playing different classes of cars. Like, Hey, all right, when I'm in the dirt, I'm going to have you know, this more GP thing. And it's got off road tires. Like feels like I'm just mo- like, I have these selections of cars, pick the one that you think looks the coolest of the ones that it's recommending. But other than that, like I'm taking the same basic skills applying them and it's just like there's a little bit different like kind of weight difference and maybe that's going to change over the course of the game i've only unlocked like two of the i think i'm just about to unlock the third area or whatever but um that's at least my impression which lines up with how generally arcade games go is Mm -hmm. like the the distance between how the cars function is pretty limited and a lot of times it's like weight and acceleration like it's not much it's not much more complicated than like how mario kart uh you know you know and f-zero uh did it um you know decades ago
3: yeah, and here I'm pretty sure like if you want to like drill down, you can start making these things uh like you, you can start mo- like tuning them uh and using advanced setup there. Uh but yeah, there are little things when you activate simulation mode that you start noticing, like just the way uh you know how much uh like torque a rear wheel drive car might have suddenly matters and it profoundly changes like how you exit a corner. Um so even though like in arcade handling a lot of times like car classes they do tend to feel really interchangeable. When I went to simulation mode, I raced one race and I was driving like a 1965 Mustang or something like that. And that thing handled like a bus. Like it was just, it was wild. Like suddenly the thing just wouldn't turn. Uh, the, the like under power, that thing understeered so massively that it was just completely unmanageable. And I'd completely <laughs> change how I was like driving. And I was like, that's cool though. Because mm-hmm. like, now I like, now I have to, tame this Mustang, as it were. Um, And so the game can pay off on that front. But the the thing that they're doing is also anything you do, anything you want to do, the game is trying to be like, man, you're so awesome at doing that thing you want to do. You -hmm. want to do more of that thing? (laughs) Here's more. And you're like, fuck, yeah, I'll just keep doing this then. It's like fine. Like, yeah, head over to that next. Like, for me, I'm I'm like road racing. And so it's like, man, you just keep winning these road races. There's more over there. You should go over and check out those new road races that you just unlocked. But along the way, you'll like you'll also get a radio message that, like, hey, there's a hidden car around here. You want to go searching for that hidden car in a barn? And I'm like, not really. But and then I'm just like (laughs) cranking that wheel over into the dirt. I'm like, but I could find it. There is like a surprising amount
0: of kind of like puzzle, not quite puzzle elements. Like I don't want to like overstate them, but I was there's they've been some of my favorite bits in the game so far. Like, for example, there was a sequence in which. Like when you're introduced to like kind of this jungle, like uh, wet, uh, muddy area, like you get in the car with this guy and is like, hey, can you like go help me, you know, find yada, yada, yada. And you get to this area and there's all these optional objectives you can do. You don't have to do any of them. You can just drop them off at this little checkpoint and just move on to the next, you know, uh, very vague story point um, that the game used to, to like loosely tie everything together. But, like, I sat down, and all of a sudden I was getting, you know, this isn't crash mode, but I was getting Burnout 3 vibes in the sense that, like, hey, there's, like, six or seven different crates that are in weird spots that I'm going to have to angle the car at, like, a very specific way, or I'm going to slowly drive up this ramp and then, like, back and then push forward and make sure I've got, like, just enough acceleration to get just enough speed to get over this one hump to hopefully hit this one box at the right angle. I spent like, 40 minutes, like, yep. doing these little optional puzzle objectives, and it was Awesome, like mm. it was the kind of thing where i was like I wish there were a hundred of those popping up because like i those I really enjoyed that little bit where it's like taking something I enjoyed doing and then plopping it into a totally different context, which is like doing it with an unwieldy uh car as opposed to you know controlling a character in a platforming game, but I think it like sort of speaks to like a part, like uh, you see this a lot in, in, you know, I'm sure it's in horizon generally as a sub franchise of Forza, but like in, in five, at least in my experience, like there's just so much variety to like what they're asking you to do with the car. Like, even as you're going from, you can fast travel and spend your like car points and it, it doesn't cost that much. You start racking up so much at a certain point that you can fast travel all you want. And it's not a big deal, but like frequently there's like so much to do on the way to a thing. And it's like, you know, you'll, you'll have these little, uh, XP, Uh, like sort of banners that are, you know, sometimes they're just hidden underneath the bridge and other times it's like, well, you got to find a ramp to hit them and they're, they don't really do much of anything. You don't really need that XP, but they're, they're, they're so cleverly placed in the world, uh, that I I constantly find myself just like, just completely off track, um, like following one of those rabbit holes as opposed to making it to my next event. But then you'll just find another event 10 feet away from the one you were going to Um, like the amount of dots on this map. Whereas in an Assassin's Creed game these days, I find it overwhelming to the point that I want to turn it off and play something else in this. It's like, you know, it's like the point of, of this is being surrounded by a billion different things on the map. So that at any one point in any part of the map, you've got like a little shiny object to go chase and, I found them all to be like pretty satisfying so far, and have like a a ton of variety uh, between them. Like, how does that scale over the course of what looks like
3: thirty hours or whatever to like kind of do the map? I don't know, but um, I don't know. But I'm I'm with you, Patrick. Like, and here, like, I would have to go back, and I think actually I'm going to have to because I'm actually I really want to see now if it's just recency bias or if this is actually the case. I loved Forza Horizon Four, um, but this one feels to me like everything's a bit more bespoke maybe is the way I would put it like mm. the like okay so um even the opening set of like race courses you get in this game they have like really distinctive corners and uh like uh sectors in them that like you really they're instantly memorable and you're like, oh, okay, so the next time I come around there, here's how I'm going to attack that. I'm going to do it differently. And I just don't remember. Like, in, in Forza Horizon 4, they're, they're doing the same thing. They're they're taking existing parts of the map, and they're layering courses over it and putting up, uh, you know, circuit walls and, uh, like, road cones down to to, to map your course uh, and then putting checkpoints down so you just can't cut, you know, cut across the infield. Um, so they're do, they're doing all this stuff. But the funny thing is, like, for me in Forza Horizon 4, if I think back to it, I loved the setting, but it often felt like the venues you were racing across were exactly what you'd get if you just tried to create a race course out of just whatever's lying around. Here, there's so many places where I'm like, this is a great, like, this is a great corner, right? This is like, I love driving this part of the lap. Because if you nail this corner going uphill, making this like banked left turn, if you get it just right. It feels and looks incredible and it's really tricky to get right. And your approach shoot will be different each time you're in a different car. That's kind of unusual. And that's like that is happening across the board with like just the places they're stashing these billboards, uh, just the different type of, uh, you know, uh, like treasure hunts you're being given, like everything just feels a little bit more designed, authored, like, so, mm-hmm. like you've got a really good game master uh, who like set this up for you rather than just sometimes I think the way Ubisoft games now increasingly feel is where it's just like, even if it's not proc gen, it feels proc gen almost of like, here's <laughs> some shit you could do. Is this fun? Or it could have been anywhere. It's like, well, they got to
0: f- fill the map up a little bit yeah. and just like, plonk, 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 plonk. Here's some stuff. And it just, everything about this entire map feels, for as big as it is, and it's a, it's enormous. Um, uh, yeah, it has a very authored feel, which then, like, makes it, like, frankly, like, the, the narrative disparity between, hey, you've come out here and you're setting up all these different festivals, and, like, there's very clearly, like, neighborhoods that people live in, and you're just, like, No, but they love it. Just, like, you just, you're just driving it. through it.
3: Like Look, they do love it. They, this game is... They lo- <laughs> the the Mexican Ministry of Culture is credited in the opening credits of this game and uh if there's things you are going to learn about Mexico here it's that they want you to come down and have fun
2: um
3: they like they are just here uh they there is they're excited to show off Mexico to the Horizon Festival uh and is the Horizon
4: they, Festival the Olympics of car racing
3: oh i think it's a lot more like The aliens and independence day, to be honest. It's just the Horizon <laughs> Festival. Like, oh, oh, sorry. Do I, did I not make this clear enough? You literally, the game opens with you parachuting into, like, it's like Red Dawn with race cars just descending over Mexico. Where, like, oh, God. Sit, like, sit, like, like, Drop, like, dropping planes. out of a jumbo jet. It was like, hey, like, let's go. There's
0: another, I mean, there's another sequence where, like, the, the one I was talking about earlier, where, like, you're uh, going down on a, on a buggy down a volcano. And then at the end, they're like, let's go get in a race. And you, you, you throw yourself off of a cliff and then go into a separate race that is occurring with different class of cars. And the announcers and the car drivers are like, this is cool as hell. Look at these cars that just like came into our race. And it's just all of a sudden you're rank, you know, one of five and like you're working your way through like these giant trucks and you're on a buggy. The game is just complete chaos, but it has like a really fun tone to it like I think it works like it, it's like it. it is a pure chaos energy at all times and I you know I can't speak to how well or poorly it represents the, the geography or culture of Mexico but like damn it's a fun time
3: yeah it's like there are funny bits to where you will you will have your character. So my character looks uncannily like F one driver Lando Norris, and I can't remember mm-hmm. if that's the guy I made in the last game. Or I was going to ask just...
4: does it does it take your uh, your drive avatar from? You remembered last
3: one? other info from okay. my Forza Horizon uh, four character, so maybe that's just who I ended up with. Um, but <laughs> like so, there's a point where he's being uh, he's talking to his friend Alejandra, and she's like so. What are the two most important things about Mexican culture? And he just like audibly starts sweating. He's like, "Uh, family and food?" Uh, family and church? Family <laughs> and I know one of them's family. And like I like it is kind of funny, but it turns out the answer was because this is the Rising Fest of Fest of course. Um <laughs> it's it's family and racing. <laughs> So basically, if you ask
1: anyone, uh, any Mexican person, they'll tell you one of the most important things in Mexican culture is racing. That's something we all know.
3: Look. Uh, Mexico is just the ancestral homeland of the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, and I was about uh, to say
4: that was the, <laughs> the best one happens Mexicans in Mexico. Right? Mexicans don't have
3: friends; <laughs> they've got family <laughs> uh, and Christ. and quarter mile cars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it is a ton of fun, and there's just one there's just one little fly in the ointment. Mm. So this system's been around. The drive system is nothing new. Um, where, like, when you play a, a race against AI uh, drivers, they'll be tagged with, like, people on your friends list. People I find it, know. frankly, very confusing, and I
0: wish I could turn the names off. I don't find it helpful to race against <laughs> Jeff Gerstle Oh, I don't every either. every single time.
3: <laughs> because here's the thing I can't figure out, is to what degree is this randomized? Correct. And to what degree is it drawing, like, data from other people's, like, race performance?
0: I mean, there there are very clearly gamer tag that's pulling and i was like i know karen is not playing an early copy of forza, of forza horizon five
3: and yet. no but i do know that all the people did play all the people i'm seeing did play forza horizon four maybe she so, did. i can't i can't i'd have to ask her but i the do thing know that, is, like, i know
0: that i know that like jeff really likes these games and so i'm not surprised that when i am racing frequently what i'm seeing is gary witta who i also know likes cars likes these games a lot and i'm seeing jeff Gerstmann and his Gersman also, they're usually the people that I am playing or fighting to get that to, to get to first place. I'm having to pass them, you know, to to get there, and so that seems representative to some degree. But other I I don't know. I don't find that I'm I'm not seeing it add anything. I'd rather just well. Let's put the, the question differently.
3: Okay. There is one particular gamertag that just just keeps fucking up my races. Oh, cool. Um, hmm. and I'm talking about, of course, Kadokun. <laughs> and so for the most part I'm like yeah these guys have to be interchangeable right like they don't have particularly distinctive like performances uh-oh except Kato's drive mm. hits me like, Kata, like I can't wow. pass like every time <laughs> I'm sending him a clean overtake move he will just like shove me into a tree like <laughs> off the track um what, he will
1: do that, that? Earlier, I think you said, uh, "You get what you deserve." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Damn, full circle. God, that's beautiful.
3: so. My question is, Kato, like, uh-huh. because by the way, um, Austin's drivatar does not do this. <laughs> like, Austin's is well, okay. Austin's is also a little bit slow, but. He like is <laughs> wow. not, but he but he drives clean racing lines mm. mm-hmm. like that is that the character that sort of holds a racing line, and like if he's in front he'll like stay toward the front, but like that drive guitar is not super aggressive um yours is consistently like just shoving elbows, yeah, and I'm curious, Kato, when uh-huh. you drive, do you tend to use like other cars to help you break and make a corner <laughs> do you tend to like play car ping pong? <laughs>
4: Um, I mean, look, if you're trying to get past me, I'm not going to let you pass me. If that means running you into a tree and maybe I get it slowed down and now I'm in fourth place because I took it out on you. Yeah, maybe that's how I drive in these games a little bit. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's very fucking funny because it's definitely part of how, like, yeah, this type of game is specifically the arc- The more arcadey, the more unlikely I am to, like, just... Shove people around because the cars aren't going to crumple anyways, and uh, I'm not letting you get past me that easily. That's not an open lane, <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: wow, I, I agree. That is that is how I play as well. Yeah. Is like especially on the races in this game where, it, like I'm I, like I'm under leveled, like you know, like I have not unlocked the right cars. Yeah. Like, well, the thing I need to do is I need to ram okay. at a, at, a, at an inappropriate angle yeah. to shove the car all the way off to the left so that I use. The, the, the right side of their car as a buffer. Uh-huh. They're completely off track. And I have made yeah. a pile up behind me. Yep. And then as I hit the accelerator, like, boom, I'm off
3: to the races and I've gone up three spots in the race. <laughs> Gita introduced an interesting notion here, which is deserving. And here's, uh, here's the thing. I don't think I deserve this. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, okay. this is my argument.
1: Argue, please.
3: <laughs> so the thing is, The only reason this is coming up is because I also drive a pretty clean racing line and frequently am about to make a clean overtake. Like, I've come out of the corner faster. I have this. I got this. Why should I be punished for being a good, uh, fair racing driver (laughs) by Kato, the bully of the racetrack, who can't drive fast, but apparently can drive wide? Like that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I think I deserve that place.
4: Look, you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> oh. So if I'm first, I'm not letting one anyone make me last. Mm-hmm. You ain't getting you know? getting, you ain't getting through clean. If I can't have it, no one can.
0: Rob's gonna un- Rob's gonna unplug his Xbox from the internet. He's like, no more. <laughs> No more, no more. Just start purging uh, my friends list. Well, <laughs> only gotta, you
3: clean heard. racers allowed.
4: Rob, uh. you—you you know—we've had discussions. Wait, is, on this, the podcast is this going to be on of, Game Pass? Mm-hmm. All right, all mm-hmm. right. I'm getting back in. You know, then.
0: we've we've had you know we've had discussions about like what are good uses of machine learning, and I think this is one where you come down on come down against. Um, this is not in a <laughs> well four category of uh, of AI
3: development. One could say it outed Kata though. Like, like in a bad way? Because I don't, I think you're, I don't, I
0: think are am not ashamed of, of my driving. One.
3: Yeah, I don't think
4: you, no, I don't you think, to I
3: be. don't think the
0: crowd is going like, Rob, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think the crowd is shouting Cato. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on.
1: Yeah. You're the
2: Sorry,
1: no, this is, this is the story of kado's ascent, ascent to Do greatness and the story you <laughs> are playing the, the villainous rival that is, is stopping him from being in first place. That's clearly the narrative that's going on here.
3: That's true. I'm just the first act villain.
1: Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. You got the big bushy beard. You gotta know that that's coming. Yeah. Aesthetically, Uh, just got the cute little protagonist face. I'm just a little guy. He's just a little guy. You're not gonna beat up the birthday boy.
0: Fuck your clean racing lines.
1: Jesus.
0: Oh, <laughs> go play solo. You can do a time trial. Like, go have fun.
3: But I want to beat them.
2: And, wow. and,
3: and show how better I am than the <laughs> other. When I, when I win like, f- five in a row, all the radio jockeys were like, Whoa, he's so good at this. And yeah. I was like, I am good at this. <laughs>
4: I'm glad the radio is back. That's good, too.
3: Yeah. Oh, dude, it's that's the other part of this is like it is just nonstop. Like, again, everyone's like, man, we just can't get enough. That superstar who's here and the Superstar. You know?
4: It's <laughs> the like you're the Superstar. He
3: tore it up in for in, in Scotland and now he's here and uh, they're dancing in the streets. Uh, frankly, he's taking part in our street racing scene now. Uh, we're so honored. And I'm like, you should be. Uh, it is also a. uh remarkably
0: good game to the point i think like this is maybe the best illustration of how good looking this game is is uh the the pre-rendered the fancy pre-rendered cutscenes like look very poor compared to the real game <laughs> in which there are sequences early on where you are uh the game is like doing the dramatic setup for like transitioning between an area or a car uh and then it'll you know do this do the thing you know where it's you know, lots of games do where it's like tr- transition from the cutscene to the player mm. in control, but it doesn't do that in real time. It is starting with a clearly pre rendered cutscene um, and then dropping you in real time. And like you know, I can see the artifacting on um, <laughs> the cutscene. Like I like it looks poor. Like I'm excited to get into the game because the game looks n- not just better, like leaps and bounds better than these cutscenes. It is like. It's truly remarkable, like how like the colors just pop off this game. I'm not even playing on the performance mode. The game starts you in like quality, at least on a Series X, and I've never had any problem with like the frame rate or or how uh, how it you know, plays or looks. It it is just it feels really good. It, I mean, every time I like got thrown into the water, like I'm just constantly wowed at the game. It is one of the first moments where in video games now we like generations are kind of bullshit and like so many things are split between. There aren't like clear cut um moments between uh like console hardware and a lot of that is just kind of out the window with as we hit the limits on what what gpus can can do in terms of that kind of big leap and this is a game that will run on everything i'm it will run on a, a regular xbox one i would be super curious to see what it looks like on that base machine but on those higher end machines and apparently the pc version is also excellent um I mean, it's just—it is really one of those wow moments where if you do have Game Pass and even you just don't think you'll play this game for more than forty-five minutes, it is the kind of game where like put it on your big TV and show other people, and it, it, like it just it, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's so much fun to play. It looks really good. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. I'm just right. genuinely genuinely surprised, and I, I think this one is going to pop. Um, are they are people, they still
4: doing the the season the the like weather change thing? Yeah, that they do the three. first. Yeah, okay. cool.
3: There's like uh it's there's like the rainy season uh-huh. uh and then there's like the dry season and then i want to say uh it might just be there's like spring summer and wet i think is sure. is what it is
4: Sure.
2: but yeah right um, i was i
4: was curi- curious just because like the shift from winter to uh spring and back in the original in the not original but in form weather yeah. was uh really really neat to kind of like feel the the way that that really changed the 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 tracks um even though they were the same ones you know doing them in a different weather really changed how you had to drive them so i was wondering whether like how much because you know mexico doesn't get snow really I don't know. These people could the bring peaks. it in, though. they was going to That jumbo say, jet could absolutely like yeah, right? <laughs> set up some
0: ski jumps, and they might by the end of the game. Right. This is, uh, yeah. Would not be shocked.
3: <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten too many tastes of um, like the different – I've had some different weather, for instance. Like wet tracks do behave really, really differently, but I haven't seen uh, like many seasonal rollovers mm. uh, the way that – like I think in Forza Horizon 4, they were really aggressive about – keeping you in a long prologue area where you cycled through the seasons rapidly and saw them all here. Like it's real fast and you're just kind of in the main game and it's just like wait for the next season. Uh, It'll, it'll roll over soon. Um, So yeah, right now I think it's in the uh, dry season. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, So well, well worth a look. Um, I, I suspect it's, it's one of those games that like, Man, if I had nothing to do and just like an if I needed to erase an entire season like of my (laughs) life, uh, this is the game, baby. Like, oh, where were you in peak pandemic? I could have just played Forza Horizon uh, 4, but like if this come out like last March over Rob's Animal Crossing
0: turns out was Forza Horizon 5 (laughs) and all the little dots on its map.
3: Got to clean. Don't have to clean up these flowers. I need to clean up these tracks. <laughs> <laughs> this game gives you so many points for like driving over trees and shit. It's wild. Yes.
0: Um. Yeah. Like it's yeah. You like it's it's so funny because like you'll get uh you know hey it's one point eight miles to get to the next objective marker that you've set and that's let's say I don't know two to two to three minutes of like game time if you're following the roads. And you can just, you can just nah fuck it like I'm just going off road. There's no consequences, and actually we give you skill points and 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 chained combos for running over things. And it never updates the the mileage because it's always doing the distance marker based on what the actual roads are. And so you can do this 1.8 miles. In about oh point three, if you're just cruising <laughs> through the outback uh, and oh, yeah. just like wheeling up to that, and the AI, like you know the the Siri or what you know the the the, the you know the person yelling, Anna. At you, what do they call it? Anna is yelling the directions at you, just exasperated that you refuse. Turn around, I don't need to. If it is safe to at. do
3: so, and I'm like, it's pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's safe for me. Uh, all right, do we want to hit a couple of questions, Maria? Kick out to the Elden Ring well, conversation.
0: I, uh, I want to. I know that uh, there was a game that Gita wanted to shout out. Oh yeah. Oh, oh right. Yes. Questions. Very Sorry. quickly,
1: I have been checking out Dark Ascension two and early access on the Epic Games Store, and they make some very interesting changes. I just wanted to flag some of these to Rob very quickly because I have some feeling. I I generally speaking like it. But it also took me two hours to figure out how to play it correctly. Where are you at with
3: Darkest Dungeon One?
1: I played a shit ton of that game. I did not play a lot of the DLC, but I it is a kind of game I can dip in and out of very, very quickly uh, and really enjoy the the specific grind it gives you. Here, the most, the biggest change is that the characters have relationships to each other. I think this is the biggest positive change. Where the thing that causes them to. Uh, gain quirks and perks and stuff like that is not just having a meltdown. If you have a if you character gets so stressed out that they melt down, they still lose a lot of health and they can uh, gain a, a quirk or a perk. But the thing that gives them the really good status boosts or bu- uh, debuffs are um, if two characters in the way that you play them uh, really like or dislike each other, They gain relationship values to each other. Like in my very first game, my uh, knight figure uh, started falling, started always defending the highwaymen. Uh, I had a move where I could defend one character and we would, I would take, instead of that character being attacked, this other character who defended them would take uh, half damage from that attack instead. Which is a very handy move, and the Highwayman character did not, at the time, have very much health. So I was defending him constantly. Um, after a couple battles of this, um, they had a new relationship upgrade. They they fell in love with each other. Uh, then the guy died immediately. So there's still that. <laughs>
3: the knight or the Highwayman?
1: The knight died immediately. There's also, you no longer get just like a roster of a huge amount of characters to pick from if you... If your character dies and there isn't another character class that you've unlocked from unlocking your, you know, leveling up your overall profile, you will just have three characters for the rest of your entire run, which I don't like that change. What? (laughs) Yeah. I kept trying to figure out how do I add someone back into my party? They've changed the context for this. You're not going to town and then venturing out. You're in a carriage. And you're stopping at inns on the way to the summit of a mountain. Um, So I guess there's no way to add new party members between runs. You just have to have unlocked enough character classes that you have spares. This is how I I figured this out. Uh, My um, Hellion died in my last run. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm down to three. I'm going to abandon this run because it's basically impossible to win when you only have three guys uh and then i got to the inn i was like there's a fourth guy oh it's the character class i didn't choose when i was putting my party together and uh i don't know if i like that because it i like the idea of it because it forces you to change your strategies and to roll with the punches uh i don't know if i like it in practice because i didn't like that class very much and that's (laughs) why i didn't pick it (laughs)
3: <laughs> Wait, sorry if I missed something real quick. When you get that new when I, so when you're replacing somebody with yeah. a character you find, are they appropriately leveled?
1: Yeah. Um okay. you get so you get mastery points that you can use to level up skills specifically. So it's not like anyone's really leveling up. You have a pool of resources you can choose to spend on these classes. Um, if you restart the run, you will be restarting with every every class from from zero. But all, at least you know you're starting from a blank slate. Uh, if someone joins in the middle, you likely have high level stuff to give them and enough mastery points to bring them up to speed quickly to the rest of your your party. But it is I don't know. It feels like you are telling a continuous story about a series of specific travelers now. But I am not sure how I feel about it overall, and I would love to check back in with you once you've got your hands on this.
3: Yeah, that is so... I'm torn between, like, we have Darkest Dungeon. Like, yeah. if I want that game, <laughs> yeah. I can just go play Darkest Dungeon. Oh, yeah. And so, like, it's not like they're taking away the thing where it's like, no, I just want my endless draft classes of, like, adventurers coming through. And I did I did get a little burned out on the game every time, like, party just got wiped yeah. or badly damaged Yeah, where like you go sliding back down as you pulled the farm team prospects back up and mm-hmm. we're like, now we got to drag you fuckers yeah. uh, into yeah. relevance. So like, yeah. I don't know if I need to re- repeat of that, but at the same time, like that game was really good and this sounds it's, profoundly different. It's, it's a different very game. very
1: different. It really took me a minute to get my head around how to play it because I played so much Darkest Dungeon. I like some of the changes. I like the sort of 3D-ish uh, isometric view they're doing. They, they have 3D models, but they are in the same art style as the the first 2D, the first game, which was 2D art. And essentially, it's just they're pulling the camera around specific locations so that you see different angles on those figures as they go through. I'm not sure I like um, the way that they have you make choices now, because they have you literally steer the cart doing wasD um, You can set it on auto, but then you can usually end up making a choice that you don't want to make because they come up pretty fast. Um, but I do like your characters will tell you what p- what path they want to take in your little you know horse drawn cart, uh, and they'll gain or lose sanity depending. I really like this relationship thing. It makes the characters feel a lot more alive to me, and I it makes me feel like. There's a lot more going on, you know, in, between these characters. I like that their their survival really depends on them working together or at least liking each other a little bit. There's very little you can do to make them like or dislike each other. But it does feel like these characters have their own personalities that are growing and developing over the course of this journey. Um, some of these mechanical changes I'm not a huge fan of. I'm just I'm curious what you'll think.
3: All right, yeah, I will definitely take a look at that. Um I can't remember how much Darkest Dungeon really changed over the course of its early access. Like I feel like it changed substantially, mm-hmm. but like not in terms of structure overall, right? Like yeah. I mean it, it was kind of what it, what it would ultimately be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm really curious to check this out and that does sound like a certainly bold direction, but yeah, I can easily see it being divisive. Mm-hmm. Um Let's start with a couple questions before we get into uh, Elden Ring and uh the outro. Uh here's in honor of October, extended spooky season. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, spooky overtime. Spooky, spooky overtime.
3: <laughs> uh Dan A. writes, hey, friends, what is your opinion on John, Car- John Carpenter's The Thing? It wasn't until recently I found out that this movie was hated by both fans and critics when it originally released. I saw this movie the first time four years ago and fell in love with it. Uh, how Yeah, how did you all react to The Thing uh, when you first encountered it?
1: It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. Create, done perfectly. I love it more than anything else in the world. Uh, truly. It, I think about it all the time. Uh, I hear the music in my head <laughs> frequently and I just simply love that film. I love it. I really do. The whom's that's what I think. The thing. John Carpenter's the thing.
4: Hmm. Kato. The that's the one Cato. with the alien in the snow snowy place, right?
1: Yeah, Kurt Russell.
4: <laughs> cool. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've
4: n- I've never seen it.
1: It's so good, Kato, oh, dude dude, <laughs> dude, you in particular. At least watch it for the practical effects.
4: I've
0: seen more. I was only seeing the prequel. Uh, the 2011 you know, the prequel came, the, the, yeah, with Mary Elizabeth Winsett yeah the 2011 bad prequel a movie in which they shot it entirely with practical effects oh and the executives said people wouldn't buy it and they made them strip out the practical effects oh with God. visual effects and add oh in CG no. effects instead it, like you can yeah. see
1: some of the original test footage it of the, uh, the, the, the the practical effects they did it looks, it looks fantastic
0: it wouldn't have made it a good movie but it would have made it more watchable yes certainly. it
1: would have I mean one of the main draws of the thing is the practical effects you know like all of stuff. So I think that's built. the
0: aesthetic, yeah. the aesthetic draw, but like part of why that movie and like Carpenter at his best is there were just there are just so few horror creators who so perfectly balance like character and theatrics and creature feature. Like I mean, like you know, I, the fog is like a, the fog is a fun movie, but it's like nowhere near the level. Lo- like the, the thing in how and like Halloween mm-hmm. are just like such terrific examples like doing different things mm. trying different things and yet are operating in the same space yeah of like you're 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 using these i guess these are pre-trope but like you know because carpenter is establishing the yeah. <laughs> helping establish them but just like things in which other movies all they have is we built this big cool creature and that's enough for me like that can that can get me through a film but like the reason the thing is memorable the reason halloween is memorable, is because. Because of Kurt Russell, because of Jamie Lee Curtis, is like like the best horror films have good characters, and actually you care about the creatures because of the characters. And like the thing is just, it has a whole ensemble cast. Like yeah. that's also the thing that most of these movies can't do. Yeah, is usually just have you know an you know uh, a singular character like a you know usually a heroine because if it's a oh. horror film, you know a final girl equivalent. And like that movie has a whole ensemble that you give a shit about. I mean, Kurt mm-hmm. Russell's at the heart of it, but like that, you know, I mean, part so of many good things. part of the
1: enduring conversation that you people have about the thing is about the character's motivations, which are not entirely clear. There's a real economy to the story in this in this as well where you understand that there is a social dynamic that's been established in Antarctica that you won't really understand fully but you do understand that the the when they're pushed to the brink none of them will trust each other because there's already tensions that were there and it's the same with with Halloween where you understand more about Jamie Lee Curtis's life than really is actually discussed on screen there's a a really intense like A very, very strong way that he is able to build the mystery of the unknown and never ruin it. I feel like a lot of modern horror following Carpenter's footsteps always takes one step too far. I really feel like Carpenter really established that not explaining things is better a lot of the time.
4: Your description of the thing there reminded me of Among Us, and I guess that's where that's coming from, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rob
0: Rob (laughs) is going... You've been fired, Kato. I'm sorry. <laughs> actually, this is like your meeting. Oh, wait, John um, Carpenter, the Destiny
4: 2 super fan. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: No, but see, that's. <laughs>
1: I, actually yeah, think I, he likes,
0: I actually think he
4: likes Borderlands more than. Oh, wow. Destiny, but, oh, wow. Um, um, no, I saw Halloween for the first time this, this past October. And yeah. it was Great. Fucking amazing. Yeah.
1: Great movie. If you like that, yeah. you like, you,
0: and I remember we had a discussion about that yeah, on a previous yeah. episode. Like, if that movie holds up just as well as it did in the seven and like the thing is, is yeah. also on a technical, uh, also holds up on a
1: technical filmmaking level. The thing is, is simply a perfect film. Uh, <laughs> it's shot beautifully, just shot beautifully. And the practical effects, they do just crazy, crazy shit. Like I would love to see any, any of those sculpture models. I I think they're <laughs> amazing. Uh, all
3: right. I have to confess something here. What? Hmm. Never seen Halloween.
1: Wow, <laughs> you would love it. It's really good. <laughs> I feel.
0: I feel like that's like, that's understandable given that Halloween comes so early in the modern slasher, mm-hmm. and I yeah, I understand yeah. why people don't like slasher movies, and so like why would you go back and watch? Ha- whereas like I feel like Halloween exists outside the realm. It yeah. is like it, it 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 is a slasher movie, but it is slasher is traditionally exploitative and there are exploitative mm-hmm. elements of, of Halloween, but it's like a much more balanced uh, uh film and an immaculate uh example of like what you can do with that yeah. that template. Yeah. I, I think you I think you would quite like oh. Halloween, even if you don't care for the slasher, which I, I can totally understand that being- There's
1: a lot uh, of uh, very good meandering oners in that movie, like really meticulously well-rehearsed ones where they're not just taking a camera person through a house, but going from house to house, across the street, through a neighborhood, where you really feel like the sense of disease as the camera meanders through unfamiliar houses that also all look the same. Or even when it yeah. doesn't
0: meander the whole- I was just- I watched like- Twenty minutes of that movie like a couple days ago, mm-hmm. like because it was just streaming on Shutter's like channels, and yeah. like I was eating my dinner. Why not? While Jamie Lee Curtis is knocking on the neighbor's yes! door, oh. yes, I, love that scene. And wow. I don't even want to spoil. I don't even want to spoil it. Like oh, you, got, so you both know what yeah. I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's just a single shot. It, it cuts away occasionally, like yeah. to the window, but like it's mostly just a single shot of her knocking on a door, and it is one of the most haunting images uh, in like so horror it's films. Really, like,
1: really great. Uh, I also I, I watch that movie and then Scream like back to back and ah. really get a greater appreciation for both movies by doing that. I have to say,
0: yeah, yeah. Scream is like a, can exist on its own. Yeah, or like you just have a cultural osmosis of horror tropes, but it is such a more delicious film. Yeah, even if you just watch the tent poles, Like yeah. you're not gonna watch all the the shit that came because of Halloween. Yeah, like, yeah. If you just watch Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, like yep. a handful Friday of the 13th. these, and then watch Scream, yeah. I'm very excited to rewatch all the, the, the Scream Scream 4 uh, is
1: still good I have to, I think it Scream is 4 yeah. is great
0: it was, it, was it was much better than Scream 3 Scream I think 3 like, not great I think like one, one, one yeah. yeah one and two are pretty one's a masterpiece two's pretty good yeah. three's not very good and then four is like uh, underrated yeah. like it was not. it was not treated well at the time but I think Time has, has treated it uh, better. Yeah.
1: The thing that really stands out for, and I think that what the reason why it enhances your viewing of all of these ten-pole movies, is they just literally have the characters tell you exactly what's going to happen in the next scene, and then they do it, and then you're still caught up in the action. It's a really very instructive yes. lesson in, like, it doesn't matter if these things are cliche, it's how the story is told. And well, right, yeah, know?
0: it's 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 basically like out, outlining that acts are the thing that people get mad about in horror movies of like why are they doing the obvious thing? Well, will you enjoy that? But then when you ha- tell the audience, well, they're going to do the obvious thing, yeah. and then they <laughs> do it. You know, like it's you can have it both ways. It's just how it's executed. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, Matthew. I'm, Lillard, I'm very excited. Perfect. In that oh, movie. go ahead. I just love Matthew Lillard in that movie. That's all. I'm excited for Scream Five as well.
0: Well, yeah. Did you have you seen Ready or Not?
1: Oh, I haven't seen Ready or Not. Is it from those people? So,
0: so is Ready or Not? I think it's called. Uh, radio noise i think is the 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 directing duo that did that ready or not is a very smart like it's not quite a meta contextual like mm. slasher in the same way scream um um is or uh west craven's new nightmare also a fucking incredible film yeah. like probably his like last masterpiece um and uh but it is a movie well aware of horror tropes and that duo took on doing scream and they've been communicating like multiple times, like through their, like the first trailer came out for the new scream and it looks just like, well, they just remade scream, I guess. And brought back some of the old cast and they, they've kept like trying to say through interviews like, yeah, like we could have just done that. But like the best way to sell it to the audience, like the mass populace is like, we remade scream. He's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to watch that movie. It's like something much fucking weirder. And so I'm very excited yeah. to see what they do with that. Um, and actually the fact that like Kevin Williamson, who's the screenwriter that did New Nightmare and, and and uh and Scream with Wes Craven. Yeah. Like has is just in a producer role. Because I think like at certain point, like part of the reason Scream kind of got off the track is like when when you're that the same creative people doing like the metatextual analysis of a genre over and over again, mm-hmm. you're gonna kind of lose the plot. Yeah. And I think probably the best way for like Scream to reinvent itself is to have you have different creatives doing the commentary on like the fact that they are there's so much opportunity for doing a a, a a seek seek boot. I forget what they, the term that we've used for for the ones where they're like they're a sequel, but they're also a reboot at the same time. Like scoot. I I think it'd be really a good. Scoot? I'm
1: we're calling it no. A sequel. There's an actual a there's, sequel? A, there's a a boot.
0: There requel. is an established term. <laughs> re- re- requel is one of the ones I've heard. Uh, <laughs>
1: requel is better than seek boot. I have to say we're gonna go secret. with that. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna say. Never mind. I'm good.
3: That's fine. Go ahead, Rob. Continue on. <laughs> No, I I was just, I was just contemplating how, uh, we'll probably be able to chart the death of film as an art form though, by the portmanteaus that are invented to describe like new forms of rehashing. Mm -hmm. Like the good ones are good, you know what I mean? But like, there's, there's so much churn of, uh, just like, Hey, remember that thing from not that long ago that you liked? Yeah. We're doing it again.
1: I did spend like 20 minutes explaining to two pretty stoned people in my house that Halloween Twenty, The new Halloween is a direct sequel to the original Halloween, and you don't have to see any of the Halloweens what? in between in order to see the new one. Yes. Oh. I Halloween, that new, is that yeah. one? Ha- Wait, it skips like good, H2O right?
0: all that? Yeah. Ha- so Hall- Halloween is wild, so there's there's Halloween 1. Yes. And then there is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, mm-hmm. in which you can see the original Halloween in it. Um, Which is then implying a different universe where Halloween 1 is a a movie as opposed to, Mm -hmm. or in theory, I guess it's an adaptation. Anyway, there's Halloween 1, there's Halloween 3, there's the Rob Zombie Halloween, Mm -hmm. um, and then Halloween 1 goes to Halloween 2. Mm -hmm. uh, And then the Halloween 2018 movie branches off from Halloween 1 Mm -hmm. and just assumes 2 didn't happen because 2 introduces that Michael Myers – is they're like their brother and sister? Mm-hmm. It's gross. They Didn't need to do that. Yeah. They forced Carpenter to make that movie. Yeah, um, mm. he doesn't even. He like doesn't it. like it. Um, she doesn't
1: like it. You
0: know. No, nobody likes that yeah. that movie. How many? Yeah, yeah. But a couple then H two O Halloween
1: twenty years later is a sequel to Halloween two, and Correct. that movie is still pretty okay, honestly.
0: It, well, and so Halloween H yeah. two O was an early Kevin Williamson uh, movie. Wild. So I not. Shocking that, like, he managed to come back to a franchise. and Like, the guy that would do Scream and New Nightmare had some smart ideas. Yeah, for but the a new sense. one is just, Halloween. like, we'll pick up at the end of Halloween? Yes,
1: or we'll pick and up it in is the, written the by yes. Danny McBride direct sequel. and Danny McBride's yep. long-term writing partner.
0: Yeah, direct sequel to the first one. Hasn't, like... Even if I don't like this, the the, the these new sequels, I I really like the first one. Mm-hmm. and Didn't care for the the most recent one. Uh, the soundtracks fucking rip because Carpenter yes. does the soundtracks with his son, dude, and dude, it's basically dude. like they took the Halloween soundtrack and added like a like a dirty guitar to it, mm-hmm. and like just cranked it to eleven. It it, it it's the only we put on so much uh, spooky music in the house, and then multiple times, like every year, we try again with my oldest be like, Can we get away with the the recent John to Halloween soundtrack? And she's just like, No. Like too spooky. And she has a high tolerance. Yeah. For in spooky. your household. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. We'll get
0: into like the second second sound like second bit of the soundtrack. And she's like, No, please can we I Raise my hand, like no Veto um, Power. <laughs> it's extremely good. Oh man, now I'm just gonna listen to the Halloween. I soundtrack also, I was yeah. gonna
1: do that. Yeah, I was gonna put that on. Well, the- I write a
0: Waypoint Plus newsletter. <laughs> so, uh.
1: I um yeah, I, I think the new the Halloween 2018 is great. I have not seen Halloween yep. Kills, but I've heard that. It's got very, it's you got know. cool
0: ideas, but it it's messy. We should chat about we it. When you've, when you've when you've seen it. We should it. have um, like a quarterly
1: horror movie discussion. Sure. You know why not
0: quarterly Halloween segment? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we're Spook's only doing this four year times year a year.
1: Four times a yeah. year Halloween.
0: <laughs> well, Rob's Rob's introduced the, the the notion of uh you know you know Spooktober you yeah. know moving over into November and so like why Keep stop why spirit why with stop us? There? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Halloween
1: until Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's how I feel. You
3: know, all right. So I'm just gonna put this thought out here because it's not gonna have anywhere else to go, but it needs to go somewhere. The other, the other night, as one does, one's leafing through HBO Max, just like, what do I want to watch tonight?
1: Hmm." I do that, and then you're like,
3: Harrison Ford's The Fugitive. (laughs) Haven't seen that in a while. I'll check that out. I remember that being all right, and that movie is all right. And it's (laughs) weird to think about. I'm like. If memory serves, I think that was like a summer blockbuster, right? It was, yeah. It's weird to think about that being a summer blockbuster because it's a really like definitely executed combination of genres where it's like pursuit action movie, but then also like there is a mystery at the center of it that like it is all there. From the start, they're setting the table for, like, the things that are to be critical to solving the mystery, laying out, like, the motivations and the things that are happening in the background, that, like, all of this is tied back to uh, falsified, like, pharmaceutical research uh, reports, etc. Uh, it's so weird watching this now, and I'm like, if this movie came out, like, today, I suspect it would instantly be, like, one of the most celebrated movies of the year, because it's just like, man, what filmmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. And... At the time, it was like, yeah, it's a pretty good summer blockbuster. It's a good way to kill an afternoon. And now I'm like, man, there's just so much going on in this movie. And, like, it is it is so cool watching the – I mean, first of all, it makes me homesick for Chicago. Uh, so there's, there's a bit of that as well. Uh, but it is really neat seeing the, like, way that he is leading as he's trying to solve the crime – The fact that he keeps almost against his will, slowly like persuading Tommy Lee Jones's uh, real prick of a U.S. Marshal to like maybe just investigate this crime. Like, yes, this guy is just a fugitive; he needs to be like caught. But like, shit, maybe he is onto something. There's something weird about this case, Um, and it's 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 weird to go back and watch this and realize that this was like summer popcorn entertainment in the (laughs) '90s, and like, it is positively cerebral. Uh, by like modern action standards, it's it's a very weird experience. Uh, but it ended up being like a really good way to to kill a night. I was like, "This yeah. movie still, <laughs> this magic still works." Here's
1: Ebert on it for the Chicago Sun Times. Just googled this movie, wanting to see it as I was four when this movie came out. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Like the cult television series that inspired it, the film has a Kafka-esque view of the world, but it is larger and more encompassing than the series. Davis paints with bold visual strokes so the movie rises above its action film origins and becomes operatic. Can you imagine any critic writing about a summer blockbuster movie in that way now? Just the, the adjective Kafka-esque does not really come up when we we're discussing people throwing glowing orbs at each other or whatever.
3: <laughs> no, and that's um Oh god, that throws me onto another thought. It's been my last thought for the show. Yeah. Mm. So I started playing Guardians of the Galaxy, oh. and you and and Patrick, you and Yusuf did like prepare me for this. It's really funny. Like yeah. it's it's genuinely well executed. Like oh, this is like the Guardians. If I really liked them, uh, th- like there's a lot to this that I enjoy. But the the thing that was throwing me is to to get his point just now. In a weird way, the aesthetics of like the MCU work better in a video game because it's like, oh, but there's physical presence that things have like there's there's a space you inhabit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this all looks like more convincing and interesting now because it's like a it's it's part of level design. It's stuff you can walk around and examine and look at, whereas like so many of like so many Marvel movies do seem like they unfold as like almost like there's a screensaver background playing uh, be- behind the action, uh, where it just feels completely divorced. Uh, and playing the video game form, I'm like, yeah, this th- suddenly suddenly this this seems to work a lot better. Uh, yeah, I just finished that. I'm gonna hold those thoughts because we're nearing the end of the
0: podcast, but we should revisit when you've when you yeah. played a little bit more of that. Um, uh, it's yes, I
3: I think you will continue to like it. Is what I would say. The decision to get away from the Pratt uh take on Peter Quill and turn him into a stoner surfer dad. Uh yeah, once you get o- yeah, once
0: you get good. over I, I don't care for the look of him in mm-hmm. the game, it doesn't do much for me and that didn't change by the end of it, but the the character is is very endearing and they, they So he's the like he's a like
1: a ways. Venice beach guy, is what you're telling me?
3: I am just going to quote this line uh <laughs> So, yeah, if you're like proposing an escape plan, I'm super interested, just as long as it doesn't look like a kidnapping. Uh, That's that's kind of the vibe he's going for. Yeah, Um, this
1: sounds like a Venice Beach guy, like one of those guys (laughs) that's always around that that open air gym in Venice Beach, but not doing anything there because he's trying to score. (laughs) Even though weed's legal, he's just used to buying it this way.
3: (laughs) He's got his guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, I've been going to the same guy for like twenty years. I'm not going to stop going to this guy just because he's got a store now.
3: <laughs> All right, uh, so that is a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. Stick around for the Elden Ring uh, post game show featuring <laughs> Austin Walker and possibly a different discussion with Cado. I think w- yes. Well, I think what we're going to do is well, let's do our sign offs.
0: You. You two can leave. Shadow <laughs> and I will have. Oh yeah, a short discussion. I am not staying for this. No, no, no. We'll have a short discussion, and then that will lead into a separate
3: short discussion. So sorry, that's just what you. That's Look, what five I'm star writing. run times. It's what people pay for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, on Facebook, YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zakeny. Gita, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at XOSOGossipGita on Twitter.com. I wrote something about the Image Comic Workers Union, an unprecedented union on Motherboard this week. I'm going to be doing some reporting on that. So check that shit out, too.
3: And Patrick. At Patrick Kloppick.
4: Kato. You said to add Patrick with such finality that I wasn't even expecting you to throw it at me. Yeah. At A underscore (laughs) Kato underscore
1: appears.
3: (laughs) Just deer in the headlights. <laughs> just, oh my God!
1: That's
2: how it's I feel. Really is efforts. a
1: what we do in the shadows dynamic. I will have to say, I I'm not sure uh. how the character. No, I mean Patrick's obvious. No, Rob's the Matt Barry character. Patrick <laughs> is Nandor, and I'm Naja. That's how. That's just that's, how it works out.
0: That is. And is is, is, is Does that make uh, uh Naja's little doll? Hang <laughs> on. Hey, uh, did I get a good Kado character?
1: Is Guillermo who not. only lets us live because he decides to. So.
0: God. <laughs> who's the who's the energy vampire?
1: Oh my god. Oh man. It's anytime any of you are talking about a roguelike deck builder, that's when you're Damn. all
3: <laughs> Oh my
1: god. <laughs> Boom.
3: That's the end of the podcast. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." Learn more at waypointzone slash b o e n. Uh, that's us calling time on this week. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. We're owned. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: Okay, God. They're I'm gone. Gonna... Damn. <laughs> so now I get to have a second
0: conversation about Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so you watched, you watched the 15 minutes? Uh, yes, yes. All right. Uh, what, what for was people your, what who was don't your... know
4: what it is, 15 minutes of gameplay, that is just like the... I don't... I don't think I've seen a better, like, teaser for something than this is for this type of game.
0: Well, normally these sorts of, and these tend to come out of Japan, like, where they do these sort of, like, explainer videos with, like, long, uh, like, you know, dubbed over voiceover and explaining, like, how mechanics work most of those don't really do much for me. Now, granted, obviously, Elden Ring, one of those, you know, the games I've been looking forward to for a, a number of years yeah. now. But I, th- I thought this one was that did a really good job of like giving you without spoiling very much of the game. Just like, yeah. here's what you're in for, here's how it works, let your imagination start going wild and my imagination is going
4: wild. <laughs>
2: yeah, at absolutely. The moment.
4: They just did such a great job. Like I love the like fucking there's like a uh, 20 second not 20 second even shorter than that 10 second cut scene dropped into the middle of this explainer with no context no nothing was explained about it it's just these are the vibes you're coming here for it's like yeah that is those are the fucking vibes um it's i mean yeah i'm super excited for this it looks it looks beautiful first of all like uh i feel like i haven't seen like you know, this is this gets like kind of tossed around um, a bit, um, uh, like without context for when the original games were made. But they're mm-hmm. the early ones can be a little bit like desaturated at points. And it's like they were working with different uh, li- lighting and stuff. And it just feels like, first of all, it's visually very kind of striking how much color and light there is in this game. Um, but it doesn't feel uh happy you know <laughs> i don't know it feels like well, the vibes uh, aren't you know the vibes are are still demon souls in a way but like it's uh it's kind of like a visual uh over 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 um overstimulation in these like opening fields areas that, that they show off pretty early
0: yeah and like you know this is a point i made with austin in a
2: discussion
4: <laughs> here um, yeah you
0: know but like it's, it's a place that feels alive and like dynamic like yeah. in, in a way that um doesn't betray the gothic aesthetic that is you know like this really is in a lot of ways like open world dark souls yeah. um while, uh, while that also minimizes i think a lot of what they're doing here um with that like that that is something that could have been a lot simpler and i think it's going to be proved to be a lot more complex in how it actually plays out but i i, th- I think they found you know, whereas frequently in their games, it feels like you're coming to a place that is already decayed and dead and you're here to try and rescue it or take it to whatever the next step is. Like this is one where you come kind of mid-step, like before right. before the fall or in the middle of the fall in a way that totally. um, allows you to experience a different state uh, of, of the world um, in a way that feels very fresh for typically what you expect from uh, this style of game uh, from them.
4: Uh I love that there's a jump button first of all as a as a Sekiro lover I'm glad to see that well, it I, I, looks. And, and
0: as all, as a, a platforming fan like what I think what I found frankly sort of astounding was that yes there is like jumping and like navigational uh-huh. puzzles in the Souls games and right there wasn't really that in Sekiro Sekiro was like uh n- navigational nodes that were integral to the combat, which yeah, were like, you yeah. need this to get around this space, but weren't really about you like exploring nooks and crannies necessarily. Right. Like this is very much taking, Hey, and in, in dark souls, like frequently you would try and like nudge your way around an edge to yeah. see if you could either break the game or be rewarded for thinking you could break the game and the game being like, haha, like we actually put something uh, over here. Um, and so in this game is very much like, Hey, you can jump real high. Yeah. You can fall real low fall damage if not not existent is not it, a huge concern yeah, and because of that we want you to be bipping and bopping and booping all over this place to see w- what's been hidden.
4: Yeah, I'm really it, it looks yeah, it's like the the uh kind of walking on ledges uh of like trying to navigate on Orlando, but with the jump from Sekiro, you know, like with a little bit more uh, leeway for the player where like I absolutely fell off so many tall towers trying to get onto a ledge and like ate shit where this one looks like it's kind of pushing you to like, Hey, yeah, no, go ahead. They even show it specifically in here. Just like jumping onto like, uh, uh, like castle spire and like walking around the edge of it. And I'm, I'm like very excited to see what other like bits of platforming they they include in here. Now that there's more of a an active like, this looks like a normal video game jump instead of the old run run and then tap the same button to jump forward a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it looks like you're jump. laboriously <laughs> like like you don't know yeah. how your legs
0: work in yeah, or actually it looks more like how a normal person would jump in <laughs> this situation in in a typical Souls game. And like you know, the thing that I that struck me was, uh, and I've made this point before where I have not been a huge fan or I've tired of, you know, the term open world because to me, all that means is a big map. And then what do you do with that map? And I think a lot of, a lot of games, you know, a lot of this was pioneered in like Western games, you know, games like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, in which that's just all it means is like, it's a big map. And then we're going to take the same stuff. We would have just put anywhere else, Mm -hmm. but it just took longer for you to get there. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think when I look at this, I think of a game like Metal Gear Solid 5, um, which I'm not a huge fan of that series, but I loved 5 because mm. it really felt like Kojima took a look at the Metal Gear formula and said, All right, if I put this in the big map, the big space, right. Like, what does that do to the core loop? Um, and thinking through what could be some of the consequences of that be? What could some of the possibilities be? And it's not just hey, you're running to the same dungeons. We've just hidden them on a big landmass. Um, there are actual like fundamental changes to how you're approaching the world and gameplay yeah. enemy placement. Like I felt that so thoroughly in *Melgar Gear Solid 5, which is part of what makes that game so special. And granted, I haven't played Elden Ring yet, That is something I, you know, I will tell you if to cut this later. I think I'm allowed to say that I'm going to change that soon. Um, (laughs) I straight up just got a code in my inbox to play the network test early. um, I think starting later tonight. Um, And it feels like the vibe I got from that little, that 15 minutes, like very much felt like not just big space, dark, dark souls, but like what are the consequences for, putting this in a bigger space and also what are the possibilities we can open up for the player like the big emphasis on stealth it feels like a a forward yeah. momentum from sekiro but also just necessarily look if you can approach the monsters from a mile away probably we should build in some mechanics that that account for that yeah. and like that like stealth becoming not just uh getting around the corner of an enemy and backstabbing them but becoming a cornerstone of how you approach a situation really upends how you're going to take on a number of different encounters. Like Absolutely. Austin, Austin actually like sent me a uh, a screenshot. This is after our conversation. This was while <laughs> we were recording the podcast. Of like, there's a sequence. I don't know if you noticed in the video where like uh, it's when he, the the player is invading kind of the caravan for treasure. Yeah, and he d- he does this little hop where he like shoots over a fire arrow at yeah. somebody. And Austin noticed that they were pulling out a horn to start blaring, and so. <gasps> uh, you know, yep. I don't know what the implications are of that, but it certainly suggests that like they're using like a quick consumable item to like fucking knock a dude. Uh, you before know, before he can uh, alert other before people, before he can oh alert God. like other mobs of of enemies, and it's stuff like that that we haven't seen in Dark Souls before. But then suddenly makes sense in a wider open space where you can you can put more enemies and and more obstacles for the player, and like yeah. that's the stuff that I'm excited and just to have like that variety of of like i'm a big open space but then also yep here's this cave uh Um, to go um, explore that
4: and i'm also specifically very curious because they show this off in that same like zone where they're like about to stealthily sneak up on a caravan uh uh crafting like you could they craft like some sleep arrows and i'm curious about Mm -hmm. like the kind of balance of needing to find things and like go into prep mode out in the world before you take on certain areas. Do you want to take the sleep arrows with you? Do you need whatever fire arrows or whatever? Like that, that I feel like it's kind of like the thing that in like other, uh, souls games ranged stuff, for example, is usually like, not really what you use if you're going if you want to be at range you end up going magic or whatever. The 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 bow and arrow is more of a gimmick thing than something that is necessary or like something mm-hmm. that it, like people build around very often. Um where here it feels like you might need sleep arrows for a certain like area because there's just too many enemies otherwise or like I'm curious how much that plays into it given that you can approach from many different locations. So that's sort of I'm very curious how, to see what that sort of uh, balance of the the like different items you're like finding in the world and crafting and how how um how often you can get those like th- will it feel like they're too precious am I going to end up doing the like uh holding on to that last mana potion till the end boss because i think well, yeah, that's right? that's the, like, I it's hope always not, a big right? question, like- right? Yeah. Yeah, my
0: my hope is that um they're precious enough that like you can't just spam them right. throughout you know a combat encounter like th- they will obviously do that because from software is very particular about how they let you use things. But I also, mm-hmm. at least in my play style and like most people I know that have played these games, especially when they they generally play it once and then finish it, is that there's a bit of like the survival horror syndrome in which yeah uh, like all of the things that you can like put on your sword like the the special paste that I can put on the sword from to let me do a yeah. little extra damage Yeah, I don't use them because like, you don't, you got I don't a million know pine what pine the, lucky boss, yeah, what the lucky boss fight is gonna be where I actually <laughs> end up defeating the boss so I just don't use any of that stuff and so if it goes into a category similar to, to a Sekiro where it's like hey you have these things they're of limited amount but it's like they're only limited for like the particular encounter then you can kind of get all your shit back right. and like use it as a it, where it becomes more of a tool Um. I think that would and it seems like that's where they're pushing you right like they're they're pu- they're pushing the player to have you know a lot of different options at any given moment yeah. it's a, not a t- this is not a game at least in the way they've shown it in which you're spending a lot of time holding a sword holding a shield, and like doing that traditional sort of soulsy thing it's like, hey no you're casting spells or you're summoning things or you're using items like this is not yeah part of most of the repertoire unless you're playing a sorcerer or something like that in in the souls games and so I'm super curious to see how how that plays out
4: and they've they've shown off like some wild fucking uh moves like the like wind slashes like you remember that one the i mean it's like in every other souls game the like one giant sword that like also does a slash of wind Mm -hmm. but it's not really usable ever it's always like for a gimmick fight or it makes you think you can use it, but... Uh, in this one, it looks like there's, like, a smaller version of that... That actually fucking works, that looks sick as hell, and there's... Move... It, it seems like you can take movesets from certain weapons and put them on other weapons. Because I've seen... I, I see that same... That same uh fucking wind attack on two different... Uh, in two different occasions with two different uh weapons happening right like um i think they've mentioned this as like something there's some sort of like weapon skill system that we don't really know the details of but the 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 moves that they showed off in this look really really cool and i think it's neat that you can kind of move it from weapon to weapon at least if i'm understanding it correctly um yes
0: i believe they've they moved the weapon arts system from dark souls 3 where it was these special skills tied to a specific weapon to yeah. things that you can kind of sort
4: a thing um, I never between, used in that game.
0: <laughs> well, no, because if you ended up there was a weapon you liked, the whatever weapon skill you got with that was not worth using a weapon you didn't didn't make you feel comfortable. Uh, in right? So, yeah, that's
4: another um, thing is like how like what the like kind of drip of uh yeah the the whole balance of like how you're getting items and what you're gonna want to be able to use in the crafting system is always kind of a big thing when you, something goes open world then you have like resource management being added in this specific way um that I'm very you know curious about but I just yeah I love I love a lot of how this looks I love I loved Sekiro a lot so like I'm very into the sneaking sneaking around to get through different encounters I'm very very excited for um I'm also very interested in the fucking mounted combat like you there's part of this thing where you're like running around you're riding a fucking horse while fighting a dragon. Uh, It feels like in my brain I'm like get off that horse immediately. (laughs) That horse is going to die. I don't know if it can take damage or not but um, I wonder whether or not that'll feel good or worth it. Uh, I'm sure I mean from soft to smart at designing these things I'm sure there are going to be encounters where you want to be on the horse. I'm just curious uh curious how that's gonna feel. Because yeah. oftentimes mounts in or like vehicles in uh open world games will sometimes end up being like get off
0: that shit. Show up to the place. Yeah, it's just, just a like it's it's slightly just slower like, fast travel. Yes,
4: exactly. It's 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 to shorten that time between things. Um,
0: um Well lots of questions to be answered. Oh go yeah. ahead.
4: Well no, I was just like also like um I love the bit where like you can you talk to that one guy at the entrance of the castle and he fucking opens the gate for you and he's like don't fucking go through there and then the main the person playing basically immediately eats and is like okay I shouldn't have gone through there uh, yeah. it's just like the per- like pitch perfect like oh yeah yeah this is Dark Souls I love that that shit it's and, gonna and, be great and on
0: and on that exact point that Austin yeah. made I'm gonna use this as the <laughs> transition point to me talking. <laughs> With Austin awesome. about yeah. Elden Ring. Uh, so enjoy. Um and then we'll 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 see everybody next week. That's fine. That's fine. That's that's good. All right. Um Do I just clap record. really quick?
5: Yep. Um uh 35. Okay. <laughs> um let you I'm gonna let you bring us in. <laughs>
0: no, there's not an intro. I just all my notes are just question marks like Holy shit! Dragon jump plus shoot yep. fire dart. Jump
5: jump plus shoot fire dart. Uh, there's a moment that is like a there's like a sick dodge attack that Ooh, where you, good. Where, go, where it goes forward right. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. oh, yeah. There's just like a lot of little quick steps all the time. Lot in combat like little just like little hops back and forth. Like <laughs> there's a cool lightning segment um the, the one the the, the one uh, i guess i don't know what they're calling what
0: they're kind of they still calling them weapon arts where like during the the boss fight he like charges up a giant sword while yeah, he's like yeah. distracted the boss with um his summon friend uh-huh. uh
5: we're talking yeah, about elden ring for people who, are, who have not put uh, that fi- together
0: 15, no look you don't need context you you, 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 <laughs> you this is gonna go to the end of the podcast and people get just right. they'll, they'll the context will happen in the, in the podcast itself but uh I, the thing I was struck by the most in the 15 minutes, other than, like, just, like, losing my shit at a map, um, despite the fact that I've seen maps uh, in plenty a of video games. It's a great map, dude. It's a, it's it's a great like map. It's cool
5: fucking map. It's so big. It looks hand-drawn. It looks, hand- it looks like a really good fantasy novel map. Like, you open the front mm-hmm. cover, and and it doesn't look too detailed. It doesn't look like there's, like... Fifty different camps. You know, there's a moment or two in the in the gameplay where you're like, "Oh, are they going to go do like a Far Cry camp?" But it doesn't. The, the map, the, like seeing the map and seeing that it was a Breath of the Wild style, you can put your own a hundred different tokens on it. You know, um, <laughs> yes. and beacons is like, yeah, okay, this is what I want. You know, uh, yeah,
0: and it's more just them conveying like, "We're sorry, it's big." Um, <laughs> even, even for us, we're trying to we're trying to shrink it. We're trying to shrink it. Oh. Um. I I was I was struck by how, and I mentioned this. This is what prompted us to just jump on a call. Was uh like not a lot of sword and shielding. Um, like clearly you can have, you know, you. they, did they show an enemy or a, a character carrying a shield? I think they I'm had not... – yeah,
5: yeah, they definitely had a character. I want to say maybe when they were going down into that, the little the little dungeon, the little tomb. Yeah. Maybe they, they, they replaced a shield with a torch. Baby The tomb. torch – I popped at the torch, I got to say. I popped at yeah, the
0: and... I Yeah, they're never going to comment on what happened to Dark Souls no, 2, but no. I feel like that's them commenting on what happened to Dark Souls 2. It's like, don't worry, it just took us 10 years to get our, our torch tech uh, yeah. together. But it's, it's just like the sheer variety – of of builds like the webinars were not something that I think either of you I messed with at all in Dark Souls oh, Three? Other than as a very little
5: bit because I was playing, to weapons, right? Oh, and I was playing during the review period, right. which meant like I couldn't look at a list of all of the cool weapon arts. And right. be like here's oh, the that's YouTube sick. video showing exactly. you a montage of exactly. the weapon arts, <laughs> which is like well, I've gone back and played Dark Souls One, and I'm in the middle of playing Dark Souls Two now, and it's like it's easy to go back and look at all of the different weapon combos or all the different attacks, and like oh that's sick. I'm gonna grind out until I get a Balder side sword. That's a sick sword. I wanna I wanna play like that, and like. Dark Souls Three was like that plus a hundred because of the weapon arts and like also I just you know my understanding from being you know adjacent to the community is most of the community also didn't fuck with weapon arts that no. much like it didn't make you there was I don't think there was a, a there are many weapon arts good enough to make you use a weapon you didn't like do you know what I mean right and that's and that's um, all,
0: like that's the thing that like these games so heavily rely upon or have at least in the right. past is that. They are not loot driven. They're sort of you find the one that you like, and then halfway through the game, you go, "Oh, well, I like this one too," and then you switch, and you've like right. used all but three <laughs> weapons throughout. I, I beat most of Dark Souls one with a hand axe that right, I just upgraded
5: right. through the whole way through, and so totally. well. And, and the, the, what they've done here is they've they've for people who don't know, weapon arts are like special attacks um i like the lighter one it's hard to know when there's a weapon art versus when there's a spell in this but like i think early they on purposely looks- don't show the ui i think to sort yes. of obfuscate some I of that so and, and more to have you focus on
0: hey don't worry so much about the like mechanics of what's happening as Here's much as what we're trying to emphasize is that yeah. at any given moment you're going to be doing something more than just like dodging uh parrying blocking right. or right. attacking like there's just a bunch of other things you can be do you can be using like seems going to be like a big emphasis on using the like consumable items that you like rarely mess with in like how many times did you get the end of a souls game it's like Ooh. well i've got all the stuff that i could rub <laughs> onto my sword but i never used it because i never knew what was the run where i needed to like put that stuff on and i get the sense
5: in this one you're going to have a bunch of shit. It makes me wonder if they're going to do the Sekiro thing of having a kind of universal consumable or a or not a universal, but a consumable item that you that gets replenished commonly that is for just a bunch of different stuff. Um, uh, you the did way craft that
0: something like when they did – like he crafted – the player I crafted think that the was sleeping
5: darts. The sleeping dart, which my dragon's dog – one of the many dragon's dogma <laughs> senses went off was looking at that crafting <laughs> <Having> menu. I <a>, think <laughs> a
0: sleeping dart – into the guard, which just puts them down, so that you can do you just you know, the auto kill. Like, kill them?
5: Yeah, it's is very extremely.
0: Funny. All, all the only that was missing was you pulling the dart out of the uh, the enemy. At yeah, the end, which yeah. I guess that's just gone once you've once I, yeah, you've used so. it. But but um, the, the, the idea, even if it's not something that's tied to that sort of, if it's more Bloodborne-y in which you are actually crafting that stuff because there was a moment on the map where they said hey and like good crafting spots you'd like to to mark on on the map so i i guess i just hope they find a better way to balance finding that shit than they did like to you know get healing items in bloodborne which is like my one main knock against that game was just how grindy it could get at times for the for the things you wanted
5: i don't mind it if it's for a certain subset of consumable for me it's like sure as long as some high high level level, like like, hey don't the core shit Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, the thing I was going to say is, it's actually in that sleeping dart sequence. He sleep darts one, or they sleep dart one person, and they move forward, and they and they end up using like a weapon art, which is like summoning the wind as they Ugh. as they swing their sword uh, to like do some like range attacks with the blade. And so that's a weapon art. And in Dark, those are in Dark Souls three, but they were tied to individual weapons. Whereas here, they've been basically said weapon arts are unlocked per weapon, but then you can attach them to different weapons. In, and an enemy used one later, yes, like during the yes. castle sequence. I saw
0: the enemy use one of the ones that the player was using um which earlier. makes me think of
5: like uh, the kind of um portable castlevania games where you're like getting weapon arts from or you're getting special moves from enemies in those games it's yes. like yeah that's what i want here like i i want to even if it does mean grinding a little bit like the stat that satisfaction of like oh yeah i got this sick move from this enemy type is really fun uh, uh, and presumably that's also how you're going to get spirits which they showed off the spirits again um and that's just guess-
0: really neat like again I'm, I'm like the the network test is is coming up I th- I think I I think I'll have mentioned earlier in the podcast that I'm like be able to I'm gonna play that early and we'll Hell be yeah. able to see s- some more uh, of that. But I'm I'm so curious what the cooldowns are on all right? of that. Like like what is you know it, it, you know when they when they show the boss fight against like the Demigod, which I think are sort of like the big main uh like massive dungeons, like your typical Dark Souls areas. And then that's like the big boss at the at the end of that. Like towards the end of that fight when it was clear like you were in like the third cycle of the (laughs) the, like the enemy's moveset, like that's when you know they bring up the the fire dragon on the hand. Uh, There was a little bit more of like Hey, you've used all your trickery. Now yeah. it's now you need now to like dodge, fight. and hit yeah. and like be careful. Um uh and so I'm I'm curious like how that stuff is layered. How much of that is just like hey, try and get a, a you know, leg up early in the fight by using all this shit, but then by the end it's going to be kind of, you know, swords and sandals, dark souls where you're right. kind of doing doing your your normal stuff.
5: The um, um you know, I, I think this was said a lot during whatever that last big demo was that the press saw, which I think mm-hmm. is just this, by the way, I, I'm feels, pretty sure this is the Gamescom based on demo, based on yeah. all the notes we read from various Gamescom reporters. This I seems think like it, I, I think several of me. them said
0: on Twitter, you're going to see the shit we saw. Okay. Um,
5: well, um, it, a lot of people, I think, said this then, but like. There is a real synthesis, it it feels, happening here. Maybe synthesis is too strong a world, but but a blend of a bunch of different ideas they've had over the years. You can see the sort of like move towards – uh, you know, there's a jump button in this game, like there is in Sekiro. There doesn't seem to be fall damage, or at least, or at it's least like not a lot minimized. Where I, I, they, I feel like they wanted to show you. There's a moment early on where they do you do a far jump. You're following, like uh, the main character follows yes. a character, and not they don't picking take fall up the damage. consumables. Driving me oh, up a fucking, up fucking wall. wall, like just ah, right there. Just grab it, yes, please. Just grab it, please. But My then there family is <laughs> there's family starving. There's another there. cost twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I can't do this. No Uh, takes. The takes are coming. Uh, um, There is a uh, there is a, a bit where you're on a cliff. Looking down, and and yes. that moment, the person takes the time to like jump down half steps, like a third of the cliff at the time. Does a roll
0: at some point, like the, the, yes. the sort of way you would try and minimize?
5: Uh, and it's like, uh, okay, there damage. must be maybe there's still some fall damage, or maybe it's like at a certain point, it's still too much. Um, but but it's it's it definitely more like Sekiro than like Dark Souls one or something, you know? Um, so yeah, that stuff looks fun and good. The, the um, fact that they uh, s- seem to
0: respond to the, the the cheers of the internet for, like, more, like, show them the pop boy. And well, the reveal well, we could not have been... Man. We got pop I'm man. almost upset that I discovered Me it this way because, like, the reveal that it's not just, like, just these little boys, but it actually is,
5: like, I don't know, a person or something, like a being. Oh, confused. do you mean Alexander the Iron <laughs> Fist? <laughs> yeah This incredible fake-out they do where... <laughs> someone is like oh can you help me out of this and it's a big po- it's a pop man it's a big pop boy but a yes. man and you're like oh i guess alexander got stuck in this pop man i guess the do these do i'm gonna these hit this
0: top pop- bust it open yeah and i'm gonna bust it open and the-
5: yeah and then it's like okay well i guess i'll break it and it's like it switches over to, to the the back view and you have a club and you're like all right i guess he's gonna break it open from the back i guess <laughs> what he the character says so they're on the lines of like just give it a good whack. Don't just sweat it. it you know? Just Yeah, just go for it. And the whole man comes out of the ground. The whole pot man, this <laughs> giant ceramic like urn with arms and legs and walks over to you and is like, ah, though that I thought that mighty wallop of yours was going to end me. And I'm like, OK, this is happening. This is my new friend. This is our this is our onion night this time, They're tipping I guess. The
0: scales like I'm going to put all, you know, I, th- I think they've said the yes. past that like part of how. You're going to level up uh, your your party, you know, your partners is you're going you to if they sacrifice your own experience points. Now, granted, that right. suggests to me that maybe you're going to be XPing up the ass and, you know, like that's not something you're going to have to, like, sweat as much. Um, yeah. Um, but I want to, I, you know, I, I read at one point that, like, you know, if you want to make them, like, as nearly as powerful as, like, a player character, like, you, you can start going that route. You know, you're just Can't sort of wait. sacrificing – you know your own stats uh, along the way, or at least like forcing yourself to to grind in a in a certain direction. But right. I, I think you're right. Like that, I think that was the most impressive part about. I also like, just
5: think it looks visually it looks really, really good. good. Um, I think the weather effects look sick, and, and like, does it look like I don't know? I saw people being like, well, God of War looks better, or um, the Demon like Blue Points Demon Souls looks better, and it's like they're just doing such different things, and like, but also I, like,
0: well, where this, you know, I. I th- remember like remember like the this has never been a series or a developer who has yes. like made technology and fidelity like part of their like sh- like their bit like that like mm-hmm. the, the frame rates in these games have been go play the original demon so- demon souls on ps3 like that frame rate is what most would consider now unplayable and yet right. like that right. managed to find an audience their games have I-
5: I also you always is, found an audience. I also this is the other thing is that I I genuinely think there is a there is a situation here. So another thing I saw, and I'll ground it this way. I also saw people saying things like, I can't believe they're still reusing some of the sword, you know, animations from Dark Souls three. And I was like, <laughs> I can I can imagine that because <laughs> there was an outsized Dark Souls is an outsized influence. Right. Uh, critics love it, which means that all of our. You know, kind of all the content we put out ends up talking about it Um, uh, It's all over social media. Those games have sold well. Right. I'm looking at numbers now, but they have not sold as well as people might think. I think that not to say that FromSoft doesn't have a lot of money or that yeah, Bandai I didn't the, get paid the, the, well. The off cultural that shit.
0: imprint of the Souls franchise is much bigger than the commercial
5: imprint. God of War twenty eighteen sold twenty million units, <laughs> right? Dark Souls as a series only has thirty million as of twenty <laughs> right. as of last year, right? Twenty seven million. That's. That's counting demons. That's from Demon Souls to today, and lots of re-releases in between. Right, exactly. And so, like, that's not that's not that's a a huge success. I think anyone who's in video games would love to have something as influential and blah blah. blah, Like, obviously, sure. But like, we're not talking about a big first-party game from a company that has that has really like banked, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from eight different franchises, like. All of, this is a big swing. And so when I when I look at, like, for instance, all of the new horse animations and all of the new creature designs and the fact that there seems to be a big seamless open world, like, that's where the money went. I, the money didn't go into, like, the Bastard Sword heavy attack. You you know what? The Bastard Sword – we have Bastard Sword heavy attack at home. You know? We're going <laughs> to focus on, hor- like, mounted magical combat on this
0: also, one. Also, this was a game, like, that would most likely start development, like, four, five, yes. six yes. years ago. Like you know, like there's such a like development is not as cleanly between generations as it used to be, and so eventually, yes, from will move, and the games after this will like probably only appear on new consoles, and we'll get like right. the boost that comes along with that. God, wait, but, like, this is
5: is this coming in last console generation stuff I too? I think so. So it's like it's uh. it's it's in, it's in that category of I mean it would have to because that's that, what the month that's what the sell they need to sell that many probably well, to, yeah, to and make and this. And money so what back. you end
0: up getting is like you get high end PC games on your consoles. Yeah. Like yeah. that's fu- that's fun. like I will t- given. The technical constraints that FromSoft usually like runs under, like I, I will take 60 FPS, uh, like, yeah. you know, Xbox, uh, you know, open world uh, Dark Souls. I know it doesn't look as nice as as Demon Souls, did, but like that's just operating in a different like that's it's part of that's It's also
5: part of what the right. world is. So. I have two minutes left before I have to go to a yes. meeting for, for last my day thing. job. What you, what's the last thing you want? What would um, you want? Do you have one more thing you want to shout out in this? Because I have one uh, more. It's very funny. I'll just say mine. Go ahead. There's a bit like where they, they get to the to the castle, so which is like, first of all, it's called limb grave. And I know grave is like a, is like a word that means like a bunch of land, basically, like it doesn't it does, doesn't mean like, like just graves where you put things. But this is the place where you fight the guy with a bunch of limbs. And so it's L I M grave, but also it's like limb limb grave, like arm grave, uh, which is very funny. But also in that sequence, they go to talk to an NPC and the NPC is like, don't go by the main gate. It's fucking dangerous. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, okay, okay, Gumby, and then they go by the main gate anyway. Open the gate and just get blasted, and then turn around and go the other way. And that was a very funny beat.
0: I wonder if you can go back to that NPC and be like, all right, so could I use your secret, like, yeah, a uh-huh. hide-y way? Uh, and I said, like, no, no, I, I and I connect to that, and that'll be my last thing. Is um, th- this world is creepy and undead, and uh, in the same way that all like sort of Fromsoft like aesthetics have been, but also feels more alive than. Anything they've ever right. done. There's caravans. Um, there are more there's, there's NPCs. animals that are just roaming yes. around that are not. There's like, an animal
5: eating a body at one point. Very like very early on. There's a little fox eating a body by the by like the side of the road that looks uh, incredible. And
0: all that like and even that little NPC being like, "All right, I guess I'll ask them to open yeah. the gates." And like gates, gates, like just yeah. little stuff like that was like. I understand you know just the idea of like FromSoft getting to a place where it's like alright well we can do all these undead creepy creatures but also could we like increasingly move to a place where like we're building a world where it seems like people live and like this right. is the, the other than Sekiro which I guess you know is going for something different um, yeah yeah this yeah one but I think I think that's again, again a,
5: a, a smart comparison is to Sekiro in so many ways here Like again the jumping and the expl- vertical exploration and ah, the sense that at it's, it's the like very least, a very sort of platformer at times things were alive recently you know what I mean yes. it's like the 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 the, the isn't as decrepit as some some dark Souls stuff has been um uh fuck i have to go but i do have now i have one last one last thing is um the thing that i'm kind of most interested about thematically and politically is the shift from dark souls about as being a game about small spaces that you're learning that there aren't big spaces in dark souls to this the the open world genre has a politics right it has a politics of exploration and conquest and like discovery for the individual and check mark off all of these things exactly and i filled it all out you exactly And I'm, and, and that has a certain relationship to certain types of power fantasy and politics. And it's like so. I'm really curious um, about what that ends up, what that ends up feeling like mm. to me long term. And like, who the hell knows, right? But I made a tweet comparing a shot from it to Casper David Friedrich's Wanderer, Wanderer uh, above the Sea of Fog, which is this kind of romance era, you know, exp- you know, the 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 heroic individual stepping out into the world, and like that is a different feeling than like. The being under the boot of Dark Souls, and and I'm curious how that's going to feel. Fifty hours into this game, or twenty hours into this game? I don't know how long this fucking game is going to be. It looks All big. Right. I'm a minute late to a meeting. Okay. Patrick, I'll send the Bye, everybody. Nice checking
2: <laughs> in. Bye, bye, bye. See ya.
1: I don't oh. mind a rogue like deck builder. I just uh, there's other video games I enjoy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh really good like pos-
3: mugged by randos in shinigami
1: i like getting punched in the head in a slightly <laughs> different way yeah, <laughs> yes i do you're being
3: thrown into a dumpster this is good i like yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: oh. uh i really do this is why i started skateboarding because i love paint <laughs> uh, all right uh just
3: open up the uh folder and this is episode 439 right yep yeah
1: all right. Let's all right. Project and do all this stuff. Good show, everybody.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Gita. Patrick Kato, enjoy. Yeah. No problem. Enjoy your nonsense.
1: <laughs>
4: Not, excuse me. Wow. Stop it. Get out of here.
3: <laughs> Someone sent me a picture of the character, the lamb, from uh, what we do in the shadows. I didn't know if I'm the good guy. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> look at this fucking lore thing that Kato dropped here for the Halloween franchise. This does actually look identical to the one for Shimigami Tensei. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. this is this is the persona timeline.
0: Oh, <laughs> and, at one, and, at, and at one point in that Halloween franchise, you have Paul Rudd explaining that Michael Myers is actually a Celtic demon. Nice.
1: You know, I love horror movies so Me much,
0: too, especially when they go on for 10. Then you got to start explaining things.
1: It's exactly like how oops, television is better when there's a million fucking episodes so at a certain point they're just like we don't care man we don't care what happens in this show or to these characters <laughs> could be a dream the you checks are still clearing yeah <laughs> just barreling towards syndication all right my all shit's right. ready i'll there see you
2: guys is. later Bye. Bye. Peace.